welcome to another edition of WANK, the weekly AEW news kick. I am your ever faithful host, Tom, joined as always by my good friend Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Mm. Hello, I'm late. I'm not really German, but hi. It's you there again. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> it was hazelnut ice cream. Uh, oh, the, the sounds. The sounds. I don't. Oh, we, we have each other on video, but I've actually got you minimized at the moment, so I couldn't see that. I don't know if was there. <laughs> We're not an ASMR podcast. We're a wrestling podcast, Patrick. Although, Hello. branching out, just, just a thought. Um, it's, it's all the rage. And. He is AEW's resident sound engineer. He has the beautiful, warm, fluffy personality of a roasted marshmallow and the face of a roasted marshmallow. <laughs> it's, it's Chad Griffin. Hello, hello, everyone. I also decided this week, I was listening to another podcast and they had another guy on the podcast as co-host who's the exact same role as me, and they refer to him as producer. From now on, I don't want to be sound engineer. I want to be the producer, Jack. Okay? And that you've given Patrick a segment in the show of Hill Moment of the Week. The least you can do is respect my decision to now be called producer, Jack, instead of sound engineer, Jack. I'm going to take it. I just, hear, I just hear Cartman, respect my authority. Respect my authority. <laughs> 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 uh, We're back. I've taken it under advisement it it shall be reviewed by the board starting off our show is this week's breaking news have you guys seen it's it's actually this is a this is a blast from the future put an echo effect on this Jack from From the the future Yeah, have you guys seen From the Future, future taping of Dynamite, that Orange Cassidy has new music, licensed music? Have you seen this, Patrick? Don't don't read what it is. I can reveal what it is. I've just <laughs> up on the, you have. No, I just hit my button to unmute me. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, don't I, say I, what honestly, it is! I, I, no. I, don't, you don't know what it is. <laughs> I, oh, I know what it is, but I didn't hear it properly, so the, the right. quality of the video was bad. But oh, yeah. so you... Okay, so I will, uh, I will play you the song. See when you... See, see, because Jack... Jack said he hasn't heard it, so... But I'm not, I'm very excited. So this is Orange Cassidy's new music. Uh... That just about uses up our license fee. <laughs> <laughs> it is Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. What do you think of this for entrance music for Orange Cassidy, Jack? Oh... Uh... Banger. Just as you, as soon as I heard that guitar um, strumming at the start, I knew instantly what it was. Um, what some, a tune. Some, some people aren't too fond of it because they're like, Orange Cassidy's lazy, not crazy. But like, I think you're nitpicking there. I actually really like it for him. I, think I, I like it. Because it's like his mind's distracted. It's not that his mind's crazy. Do you know what I mean? It's just he's 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 not there. He's kind of at, he's somewhere else. He's with his thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I so, can vibe uh, with that. Yeah, I, I love it. What about you, Patrick? I don't know that song. This is why I didn't. Uh... Oh really? <laughs> no, really. But this is why why I first thought I I I, I cannot hear what it is. But uh, apparently it's something big, but not to me. But it's fine. I'm always open for new music, and uh, the vibe fits to Orange Cassidy. I would say, yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't recorded by David Hasselhoff, so that makes sense. Ah, okay. <laughs> no freedom. <laughs> Do you know um, David Hasselhoff recorded a song in German? It's horrible. I'm surprised he's recorded a song that wasn't in German. <laughs> 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 have, you, um, have you not seen Fight Club then? 
Oh, now when you're saying it, it makes sense. Is it the final scene? The final, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, makes sense. Now it rings my bells. Yeah, it rings, <laughs> it rings my bells. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that really rings my bells. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, we're going to use that when, uh, when something good comes on. Oh, you ring my in bells. German, we do. rings my bells. My bells, Which plural. You really say? <laughs> no, it really is. You what, really say that in plural. The wow. vicious vixens really ring my bells. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Well, the sooner we start dynamite, our dynamite review, the sooner we can talk about the vicious vixens. So uh, let's go. We started the show. Started, that's right, with Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel was fighting for a future title opportunity. Um, the match started and there was, uh, it focused on a sign in the audience. I'm wondering if you, either of you could explain this to me, if this is something from BTE. Someone had a sign saying, Kenny is going to beat up a hippie. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> maybe, maybe, no, maybe just because Matt Sardell was all psychedelic and they're all kind of like smoking weed, doing acid, and because yeah, he looks like a hippie. So that's no, literally. No, no, but that's you're a very side trend. I am up to date on BTE, and no, that's not something that's happened. The only thing that's happened recently with Matt Sardell on BTE is there was uh, basically the Vicious Vixens, extremely and, cringy. Yeah, so the Vicious Vixens and this other guy who I don't know the name right now uh, stole Matt Sardell's jacket and then sold it back to him. Um, and that was about it. But yeah, no, definitely not even worth really going and checking out. Um, so yeah, no, don't understand the sign, really. Just someone trying to be funny, I guess. This was a failing, I think. <laughs> a single out yeah. person. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a rivalry that apparently dates back years to Battle of Los Angeles in uh, PWG. And they also mentioned they'd met elsewhere once, one other time. I think it was maybe, it might have been when Kenny was... They said New Japan. Yeah, yeah, I think it might have been when Kenny was junior heavyweight champion. I think they might have fought for that. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, thoughts on this match? Do, 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 do. Jack's. Oh, pa actually, Patrick was really late. So, Jack, thoughts on this match? <laughs> um, I mean, it, it was a decent match. I, I thought it was really random. I don't know why Matt Sardell deserves a shot. I know they had the match between Nakazawa and Sardell to get this opportunity on Dark Elevation, I think. So, I guess it was just a way to give Dark Elevation some legitimacy if someone gets a title shot. But um, I remember you saying last week, you're like, well, Matt Sardell must win because otherwise they wouldn't put the stipulation. But why is the stipulation? I'm, I'm just <clears throat> the stipulation is just to, like, trick smarky viewers. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that's why it's there, but it's just really weird. It's, ju like, it's just stupid as well. But in terms of the match, like, obviously, as you do, you do the play-by-play. -play, but for me, it was a good match. I mean, I mean, good maybe. Matt Sardell is a good wrestler. I like him. Um, I'd like to see him more. Um but it was clear Kenny was going to win this. I mean, it was just a, uh, it was it was a bit of a nothing match. I don't know what you boys think. It didn't really add much in terms of like storyline too much. It just kind of yeah. Nothing. It, it was like what's the well, point? Was, it was it was all right though. I it was a good it, yeah. It was I a mean, good match to watch just for just for you know a match. But there was nothing. It felt like you watched it and you got I wouldn't I'd say little reward, but not like in a negative way because it was a good match like. Don't take that away from the match. It was a good match, but there was nothing really. You could have, it could have been a skippable match, in my opinion. 
I think it, it was skippable in terms of implication, but I I have a theory that they were just this was the first match anyone would see after the first Dynamite match anyone would see after the New Japan Cup finals, which were obviously always going to be fucking mental. So I just have a, a kind of tinfoil hat conspiracy theory that they put on like a this kind of kind of high pace kind of solid you know similar sort of match do you know what i mean um these two can put on a similar sort of match obviously not as good as, as <laughs> we actually saw in the new japan cup final but you know um they're you know they're the kind of wrestlers who can put on that kind of fast match um yeah i'll just get i'll give you a rundown um don Callis came out on commentary and he called he kept referring to sidell as a young upstart and it was like <laughs> yeah. sidell's literally the same age as kenny or older than kenny or i've uh older know, than kenny wasn't it yeah yeah one of them said older and then excalibur i think jr said older i think it was and then excalibur said they're the same age one thing that was interesting was jr name dropped tanahashi during this match and they were talking about they were talking about um New Japan a lot. It was also in this match that Excalibur mentioned that only one other man's kicked out of only one man's ever kicked out of the One Winged Angel, which is obviously Kota Ibushi. So, you know, New Japan got a lot of because I didn't even know Jr. Bless his heart remembered who Tanahashi was and could just call upon his name like that from um, from memory. I'm probably not giving him enough credit. So when so Tom just I'll to touch on what you what you just said there about Tanahashi and Jr. The only thing I can obviously fair play of JR has just name dropped that out of memory or someone slipped him a note because obviously we know Kenny's got his match with Rich Swan coming up for title um, title versus title whoever wins I can obviously talk to you guys about what, what can. match that was with Moose Get that break. was a really good match <laughs> <laughs> really good match um, but obviously in my head and this is just my prediction it might not happen but I think Kenny's winning that impact title he is the collector of the belts as they say and there was a brief moment, and Patrick might be able to quote me better on this, but Kenny basically touched on wanting to be better than Kota Ibushi. Now, a way to prove that he's better than Kota Ibushi is to win that belt. I'm just saying, within 2021, maybe early 2022, maybe Wrestle Kingdom, Kota Ibushi versus Kenny for title versus title. It's got to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen. So, yeah, that's probably why JR, if he has, and they've done this touch on New Japan, it's because New Japan might become very prominent with AEW, even more so than it already has been with Kenta in the not so maybe no, in the in the near future. So I will I will come to Patrick in a second. I'll just say towards the end of the match, Seidel reversed uh he reversed the one winged angel twice, I believe, didn't he? Um and the second the second time he did it, um I can't remember exactly what he did, but it involved bouncing off the rope and it was just some black magic shit it looked really good. Um but in the end, he uh, he he got hit the third time, um, and uh, yeah. Oh, actually, he when he reversed that second one, he pinned Kenny, and it looked like a three. I remember that. Um, so that really like I think the crowd were even chanting that was three. So I don't know whether that was a fuck up on. I mean, Kenny rarely fucks up, does he? Or whether it was you know, I don't know what that was about. But yeah, obviously, the third third one winged angel catches him, and boom, it's done. Um, Patrick, thoughts on this match as a whole? It was fine. Like, I think, like, I don't want to spoil the whole show, but it, it was just representative for the whole show. It was fine, but nothing special. Um, I thought this also, was it was because it was, sure. yeah, some good matches, but in general, it was just an okay show. Um, but uh, this this match also it was it was 
quite pointless because we know what happens um, in the end that Kenny won't lose. But uh, like uh, Jack already said, like I really before before I watched Dynamite, now I saw the uh, the promo from Kenny from Impact that was like a little more important to be honest for for the whole um, big like we said for for the big picture in general what's happening with Kenny now with the other uh, uh, promotions. First thing is that he wants to win the Impact titles, which really looks like he might do that. And uh, the, the promo was also very long, right, Jack? Like 12 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, it was a long segment on YouTube for, for Impact YouTube, yeah. Yeah, super long, really. And he also that the thing with Ibushi that he wants to, to defend him and show that he's better than him, but also he, he said... Clearly, him and Don Cas both said I've, no one ever kicked out of the knowing angel, a uh, one-winged angel. So uh, that that was very interesting that they mentioned that two or three yes. times that no one ever did that, which is not true. But this gives also an open window for Ibushi coming in and uh, claiming that it's not true. It's a debate. It's actually an ongoing debate with wrestling fans, which I like that they've played into whether Kota Ibushi has kicked out of the one-winged angel because there was a significant amount of time between Kenny hitting it and the pin, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I believe there was some time between him hitting it and the pin. So, like, Kenny can claim, I didn't pin him straight away, so it doesn't count as kicking out of the move. It counts as taking the move and then some time passing and then kicking out of the pin, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, um... It doesn't make sense to me then if Kenny's going to... Because obviously Kenny won't be the first person to have an acquisition of gold gimmick. We've seen it with Austin Aries, actually, and we saw it with the Hardy Boys um, before they returned to WWE, uh, that big WrestleMania return. Um, they they had this kind of acquisition of, you know, tour of acquiring gold or whatever um, gimmicks. But it, it doesn't make sense to me then why Kota Ibushi would be the one to unify the titles because that's happened recently um, his spoiler alert for the end of the show his um, defense against Will Ospreay at uh, Sakura Genesis will be the first defense of the world heavyweight of the uh, IWGP world heavyweight championship which is the unified titles so it doesn't make sense to me then why he would unify the titles against a lot of people's wishes to be honest um, when he could be claiming they're two separate titles going into a match with Kenny, who is holding two separate titles. Do you know what I mean? Or two or three separate titles. But, um, you know, who knows? And it would, it would have been a good way to split them up if they put the gold... I, I, honestly, I think Kota Ibushi would probably win that match. Um, I can't see New Japan booking um, AEW contracted talent to take their title. But um, if they were up for that under some sort of circumstance, it would also be a good way to break the IC title and the... Um, the IWGP title, heavyweight title, back up if they hadn't unified them. But alas, they have, so we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, this match, decent. Let's move on. We had Alex Marvez interviewing the Dark Order and Hangman backstage. Um, the Dark Order were practicing... John Silver was practicing evading the coffin drop. So uh, everyone was doing, like, trust falls in front of him to someone else catching them, and, like, John Silver was dodging them. Like, they were they were um, practicing for his match later on in the evening against Darby Allen. And then uh, Hangman comes up and uh, says, don't worry, you know, everyone else leaves, and then it's Hangman and John Silver. And uh, Hangman says, don't worry those guys will uh will will be proud of you no matter what so he's still not saying he's still you know making a, a explicit point that he's not in the dark order by saying those guys will be proud of you not will be proud of you do you know what i mean um i don't think it's being too conspiratorial to say that's what they're doing there um let's come to patrick patrick 
Did you like the segment? Funny little segment, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, I like that. And also with this segment, I'd like to uh, connect more also with the BT episode of Monday, which was very uh, yeah important. It was a short episode and not really like 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 meaningful from a lot of things in there were like uh especially this this Vicky Guerrero and Nala Rose thing and some other things which were not but there was this one thing which referred back to um Don Callis telling the Bucks that they don't have what they had anymore than don't have the fire anymore with the young Bucks in in Japan and you see in the beginning you see Nick sitting in a suit in an office, he's like, his phone rings like, yeah, yeah darling, we're going to go to a restaurant tonight. And, all. and then he just realizes, like, I'm the total sellout. I'm the total corporate guy, the one I never wanted to be. And at the end of the episode, he walks by the booth where the Dark Order is always. And they were all having fun, this time with Hangman. The same set music is playing that always was playing when Hangman yeah. was missing his friends. And he was passing by there. And... Uh, the sad music was playing. He was seeing, okay, they're having fun. Where, where is that? I'm, I'm missing that group, that connection that was back in the days. So, and this is where this all now connected. Also, that Hangman is now really a part of them. Um, also, the the uh, the graphics said also the graphics description uh, later in the match, which is coming up. Then next, like from Hangman says, also uh, he has some dark friends or, or friends in dark places. Although something the shirt, like this. the shirt looks like it says Bark Places. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, he's got tight. He's friends, he's friends with Titus O'Neil. Oh, oh, oh! Because <laughs> what Titus does. Totally, yeah. yeah. But yeah, th this is nice. Like we can directly connect to the next match. Then there, that there is this connection with the Dark Order. He's clearly becoming some part of it. So there isn't actually that much to say about in the next match because it was quite a short one. It was Cesar Bangarang versus Hangman Adam Page. Um, <laughs> Cesar Bangarang is uh, apparently aligned with J.D. Drake and Ryan Nemeth because he comes out and interacts with them at ringside. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry for the interruption. They they were said like in in the in the introduction it was said well, in the graphics graphics whoop, it was said with them, but they were like behind oh, really? the guarding rails in the that's audience. Weird. Yeah. Also, said, also, did you notice they, said that? Did you notice they announced him twice? I'm assuming that's just something we had on fight, and maybe they announced oh, him maybe. because they announced him. They announced him coming to the ring, and they announced him in the ring um, after Hangman had entered, like an in the ring entrance. Oh, so I'm assuming yeah. just we caught the beginning of it on fight that maybe we weren't supposed yeah, to. Right. Or, yeah. They had to do that after the commercial or so. Really, not much to say about this match, honestly. Um, all I really have down about it is that there was a nice high-collar belly-to-belly from Hangman on Caesar Boomerang. And <laughs> um, and then he hit the... hit the... Uh, his finisher on um, on Caesar Boomerang for the win. Next up, we had Lance Archer cutting a promo on Sting for some reason. Um, <laughs> time! It was, he didn't say... I was waiting for it. I was waiting he did. for he time. Said, he said time. Did he, did he say time? Yeah, he said time about two or three times. Do a shot every time, every time. Says, Literally. Oh, um, yeah, he talked about the bat used to mean something, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Back in time. <laughs> back in time, back in the old days, back in time. It it, it was nothing as before, saying when, um, I think it was Ricky Starks calling out Sting for basically doing fuck all and just coming out and standing around and doing nothing. And Lance Archer was just reiterating that. I don't really understand the motivation behind this rivalry. Um... Who wants a word on this before we move on? One Patrick. Minutes. Thank you, because I also, like, I don't have to point out so much. You already said everything that needs to be said to this, because 
just a small segment and you're like, uh, what? The only thing I notice is, was it the same warehouse again where they were for the uh, for the match and yeah. the segment from Derby? It, it just in bright daylight was just some nice <laughs> flowers in the back. Also. So that's the only thing I noticed directly because he said some things which are not very uh, important why he is in a feud with him or I don't know. So... We can you know, just it wasn't, skip it wasn't, to the next thing. It wasn't. It wasn't bad as far as promos go. No, in, in no promo wise, not. But just content wise, content you don't have wise, to, exactly. There was the content. Not a real connection. Was a big yeah, nothing. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's go to the next one, please. <laughs> next up, we had a recap of the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match. After which Britt Baker came out for a little promo with her pal Tony. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think a few of us had already seen the Thunder Rosa interview on YouTube, but they replayed it on um, on Dynamite. And yeah, Tony Tony asked the crowd to show their appreciation, to applaud, to show their appreciation. Which I, I mean, I get this was a special match. Do you know what I mean? It was a women's, a hardcore women's match, which at least a North American audience hasn't seen some of them ever. Do you know what I mean? I mean, for some of them, it was a bit more smarky. We saw Candice LeRae bleed. I've seen a couple of other women's hardcore matches, like I saw what I think I mentioned on another show, seeing one in um, ICW. But um, it's, not, it's not even for us. I don't think it's an everyday occurrence. I think we've probably seen, we could count them on one hand, the amount of women's hardcore matches we've seen or hardcore matches involving women. So yeah, I understand it's a big deal, but AEW really do have this habit of patting themselves on the back when they do something really well and being like, look how awesome this was and like do you know what i mean and i don't know i just get that feeling sometimes but obviously this this is forgivable but yeah um brit's very ungrateful for the crowd support <laughs> says rosa should be thanking her because she's like made her relevant essentially um uh and she's like if you you know if you're if you're so great why is everyone talking about me um she took shots at mick foley which i think he responded to on twitter um and he said it took. She said it took you twenty years to become a a deathmatch legend. It took me one night. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, she she actually says said something quite topical. She uh, says said that Tony Khan doesn't need to keep bringing legends because they've already got a legend right there in her, um, which which was a bit of a shot at the fact that you know they are bringing in legends. Um, yeah, I'm going to come to Jack. What, Thank you. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I've had quite a Brit-filled week. Um, obviously, after the show last week, um, yeah, the Lights Out match. Um, and then it was the YouTube exclusive behind-the-scenes kind of thing of the match. And then it was the uh, podcast she, d he, uh, she did with John Moxley's wife, Renee, um, which was really cool. Go check that out. You, I, I remember it was Renee Young, but how do you pronounce her surname? Is it Renee Paquette? Paquette? Yeah. Paquette, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was cool to listen to. And now obviously this, so I've had quite a Brit kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Being exposed to a lot of Brit this week, basically. Um, could you take another bit of Brit? <laughs> I could, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Brit. A bit of Brit. <laughs> a big, you could take a big bite of Brit. You could there you take go. some more. Right, what we do? More, more room for Brit. Anyway. <laughs> no, really, really good. British people. <laughs> But but no, she she said the right things. She's she's obviously as a heel is going to say that. I saw something quite funny. Dave Meltzer only gave her four point seven five, um, which I thought was a bit harsh. Um, and then what did she? I, I saw Thunder Rosa fire a shot at her after the promo she did, where Thunder Rosa said 
from the way you're talking, it was a Britt Baker versus Britt Baker match or something. And then yeah. she said if it she, was she a Britt Baker, like, it would be five stars. And then it was she something said something like, like where, can, where can I see this Britt Baker versus Britt Baker yeah. match that Britt Baker keeps talking about? And then, um, yeah, Britt responded then saying, yeah, if it was a Britt Baker versus Britt Baker match, it'd be five stars or like that. In terms of its star rating, I guess he's going to catch, catch a lot of heat for this. So he could have easily gone five stars and people would have agreed with him. So I kind of admire him for saying it's 4.75 when um when you know the amount of lashback he'll get for that um however i i see it in a way in that um we did call out a couple of botches particularly from thunder rosa Mm. um although i'm not sure if they were thunder rosa or brit's fault or you know anyone's fault it was just happenstance um but there were at least two botches in the match from from my perspective, I was like, "Well, that's forgivable." Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. forgivable. It, um, uh, I guess in his they weren't forgivable, or I don't know. I mean, I mean, it wasn't my best match of the year. Um, I've seen at least two, maybe three matches out of New Japan that were better this year so far. What about women's match? Yeah, but he's you got to think he's not he's not judging it lower. Yeah, it's no. not, he's not giving lower standards just because it's women. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, oh, I've not seen a better women's match this year. I've not seen a better women's match than Sasha versus Bailey, and that might have been better than that. Mm. Um, but women's North Americans women's wrestling has had a very low bar because it's only just you know women being taken seriously as competitors is only just in its infancy. Really, mm. it's only been about ten years of that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe less than ten years. So you know we're still. You know, we're we're seeing the early stages of these greatest of all time matches. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, I can see how we would go four point seven five. I personally would have been a bit more forgiven and just say give it a five. But next up, we had Dasha Gonzalez interviewing Christian Cage. Christian is talking to Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison, and I want to say is it Dante? Dante, Dante Martin? Martin, yeah, yeah. Backstage, um, says he's given them some advice. Frankie Gazarian comes up and interrupts. And, uh, you know, he, I think he's he, he kind of made a callback, I think, to them knowing each other on TNA. Um, they make a match for next week because he's like, Frankie's like, oh, I haven't seen you in the ring yet. And Christian's like, oh, funny you should say that because I'm going to be in the ring. Should we have a match? Blah, blah, blah. Frankie tells him to check out his Dark Elevation match on Monday night. What, uh, what are your thoughts on this? This is a bit of a weird segment for me, especially considering Frankie is in a storyline with Chris uh, Chris I know Chris Daniels is injured I think is he injured or no or did he have a birthday I just saw his name in the news he's either injured or he had a birthday <laughs> um, Patrick uh, my point is Chris, Frankie Kazarian is already involved in an angle where once they lose their undefeated run they'll split up and for all intents and purposes it seemed to be a face angle as well and yet now here he is sauntering up to Christian Cage um, seemingly as a heel um, you know, angling for a, a a a singles thing with Christian. What what did this make sense to you, or or are you a bit lost as I am? I'm a bit lost, but I also have to confess I wanted to look up if they what their history was in TNA with each other, um, because I have to say I cannot remember so much from Frankie Kazarian from TNA time. Then there's more like Christian yeah, Samoa Joe and, he was and Kaz, so. so. Yeah, right. So, uh, small cast or what? <laughs> but, uh, I got yeah, the joke. That, it was, <laughs> <laughs> but that was, it was weird for me also. So, this, this felt like, uh, just randomly put together, but, um, 
Yeah, like I said, if they have TNA history, they should maybe explain that a little bit. I liked that he was there with the tag team of um, the Varsity Blondes and uh, who was it else? Uh, Dante. Yeah, Dante Martin. Dante. 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 Martin, yeah. Dante. <laughs> and uh, just giving them some advice because he was in a tag team he has experience in that I, I like that reference but also he said that he's there for the for the for the locker room for the younger guys so i like that but then the approach from frankie kazarian is like uh, okay but maybe they're building already a feud for what's coming when se was really splitting up since scorpius yeah. guy is completely out of the picture now so maybe they're just preparing seems, which just seems a bit odd to me seeing as an undefeated uh will break up when we get defeated like storyline or i'll retire when i get defeated is another kind of like the rick flair um when he did it you know it's a similar sort of thing do you know what i mean it's a tag team take on that um although you know without either of them fully retiring um although christopher daniels might retire you never know he's he's uh getting on in years it it's almost always a face storyline that do you know what i mean i remember i saw doug doug williams in progress had another thing as well when he was atlas champion there's the next the next match i lose i retire um it's, it's always face do you know what i mean so it is kind of odd to me that they've got this kind of inherently face storyline going on and yet in the middle of it he's just gone acting like a super heel to christian <laughs> cage and it's just going to put him over um next week it's odd but there you go that actually leads into our next match uh, sorry, because... sorry. Now, now I got the info. Now I got the info. It was at the 11th of November 2007, where uh, at TNA Genesis, um, Christian and was that was his uh, debut, wasn't it? Or no, 2006 uh, Genesis. No, no, 2006. I think five or six was it. He debuted uh, at Genesis, a, though. Yeah, uh, they had a ladder match for the contendership for the right tournament final ladder. What? And it's <laughs> need to read the rest. I was like, huh? No, it's a number one contendership match for the TNA uh, World Heavyweight title. Oh, uh. back then it wasn't the NWA World title. Okay. But uh, yeah, Christian Cage versus Cass. Well, it was 2007. They might, have, they might have just lost it if it was 2007. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a ladder match and it had a wrestling or so a new set of four star ratings. So that's not that bad, actually. There you go. I We'll have to go check that out. Um, yeah, before I was rudely interrupted, uh, it was the Pinnacle. Um, who from the Pinnacle specifically? It was Sean Spears and FTR versus Dante Martin and the. I always get this wrong. Hollywood Blondes? Vastly Blondes. Vastly Blondes. Fuck my life. I knew. Do you that. even watch the product? <laughs> uh, the Hollywood, Hollywood Blondes were Austin on Ryan. And, Ryan. Well, no. Uh, well, no, Hollywood Blonde is Ryan... Ryan Hollywood Hunk. I don't fucking know. Ryan Nemeth is in there somewhere. Um, uh, one thing I want to point out is that they're referring to this and another match on the card, the next match on the card, actually, I believe, as uh, trios matches, um, which is very interesting because they haven't really done that before. They've just said, like, six-man tags, but they very specifically, on the card, printed at the top, and as they were coming out, referred to them as trios matches. Tim Fu hat time. Are they building towards a trios title? Please. Shall see. Um, but I think that's a good sign for people who want a trios title is the fact that they're now referring to these as trios matches. Um, yeah, I... One thing that confused me... Okay, so first, because these were the first... The Pinnacle were the first to come out, so I'll mention this first. Love the Pinnacle's new music and their entrance video. Very 80s themed. As much as MJF might kind of try and draw a distinction between them and the Horsemen, they're not 
you know, they are obviously leaning into it, at least creatively, because of the whole 80s thing. And I think it's the right move. They they just feel legit with this music. Um, and just looking at these, like, wrestlers, these no-nonsense wrestlers, I, um, I'm really big on it. Um, they just, they instantly fit. One thing I did think was odd was um, when their opponents came out, the Varsity Blondes and, uh, and um, Dante Martin, uh, they came out to Top Flight's music, even though two out of three of them were the Varsity Blondes. So it, I thought it would make more sense than to come out to the Varsity Blondes music, seeing as it was the complete team of the Varsity Blondes with Dante Martin rather than the you know rather than it being top flight with um with one of one of the varsity blondes you know what i mean so seeing as two-thirds of it were the varsity blondes i thought it'd make more sense than to come out to their music but i don't know I just not, not the weird. only production botch that night it's also later by the nilo when the nilo rose and uh, taikonti matches there was no titantron video on it like it felt very random they seem to have forgotten that or so well, this wasn't so much a botch because I mean they had the they had the video with it, you know, Top Flight's video. It's just that they decided to choose that instead of, um, you know, yeah. uh, it's it's a very small thing, but I just think it's weird if you've got one. Yeah. It's it's kind of his his partner's injured, so he's joining the Varsity Blondes rather than the Varsity Blondes. You know, um, yeah, it's odd. it's just like wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, it is just wrong. Uh, yeah, it started out with. Um, Sean and... Oh, I'm going for the play-by-play first. Why not? Uh, Sean and Dax uh, isolated uh, Brian Pillman Jr. in the corner. Ty turned a bit. The uh, the blondes plus their new mate, they kind of... Top blondes. The top, <laughs> blonde, the top blondes, love it. Okay, that's what we're going to call them. Because I was looking for a way to shorthand bit. I, should, I needed you here, that was it. Um, the, top, <laughs> the top blondes faked a uh, tope to the outside. That was quite fun. Um... Yeah. During the break, they kind of went back to the first part of the match, though, with them isolating Brian Pillman Jr. in the corner, so not much had kind of changed. Um, I expected more of a rally from the top blondes than we actually got. Um, it was... Uh, there was a mini thing where I think they 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 uh, tagged in Dante Martin, but other than that, it was pretty much a steamrolling. They didn't get the hot tag I expected them to, um, and it was just a... It was a squash. Uh, Tony Schiavone came out um, and they started beating on Brian Pillman Jr. with Tony just, like, standing there. Um, <laughs> uh, Cash got on the mic and said that the Pinnacle's more than a more than a team or whatever. It's a family, blah, blah, blah. Dax uh, did a bit of a shoot about professional wrestling, the whole thing they've been doing since WWE days about how we're, you know, professional wrestlers, we're not sports entertainers. I like how they're kind of still trying to live that gimmick despite the fact they're in a place that does recognize them as professional wrestlers uh mjf got on the mic and said that chris jericho is terrified and that's why he's at home tony tried to kind of correct him and say no he's at home because you beat the shit out of him uh, and yeah then there was a really awkward segue from tony shirani at the end where um they were going into the next segment about Team Taz, um, and Tony Giovanni started talking about it while, like, MGF and that weren't actually done. Their music had only just started up, and they'd only just started pausing, and you've got Tony Giovanni almost still talking to MGF, talking about <laughs> Team Taz. Do you know what I mean? Um, Jack, okay, first off, thoughts on the match? Thoughts on the match, squash match. There's not too much I want to say about it other than I, I've been quite a good supporter of the Varsity Blondes for what they are. Obviously, they've not really 
I've not really seen them win because the only time I've seen them is on Dynamite in these sort of matches. But they've they've impressed but me. The, so. the thing is, it wasn't always these sort of matches. They've given them longer matches before. Yeah, it's kind of confusing how they want to book them. You know. Yeah, true. But also, as as a Varsity Blondes fan, as I proclaim to be, if I cared about them that much, I'd watch them on Dark to see them win. So just kind of, that's me kind of contradicting myself. But on the match in general, the Pinnacle looks serious. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this. I think inevitably it's going to be a Pinnacle versus Inner Circle match. That's the immediate future I can see. But other than that, I was picturing I could see, you know, FDR with tag titles, Sean Spears with the um, TNT title, MJF with world title eventually, if they all claim to be you know, the top or top dogs, basically. But that would be a bit of fantasy booking in terms of that kind of faction. But overall match, bit of a nothing match, probably, arguably. Actually, no, I'll give, I'll, I'll give my worst match of night to Hangman Caesar Benoni because that was even more of a squash. But this was, this was another equally up there kind of forgettable match, really. It was quite a forgettable start. Well, not a forgettable start, but in terms of, what we've been used to the last couple of weeks with Dynamite, where they've been quite strong. It seemed like quite a weak first hour, really, in terms of matches. Jack pretty much covered the match. Um, so would you like to comment on what happened after the match, Patrick, and the promos they cut, and, as I mentioned, the kind of weird segue uh, into the Team Taz interview? Yeah, I, I like the uh, the promo afterwards, definitely. Um, real good heel work, although not my heel moment of the week. You can mm -hmm. keep your fingers off the button. Not yet. Oh, it's about to come later. <laughs> no, it, it was really good just addressing it. I like the promo from, from Dex. Uh, you don't see and hear them often on the mic being this direct to the audience and, and really... It was Cash, but I thought delivered the more, Cash delivered the more powerful one, I think. The, he, he was the one that was talking about family. Um, Dax was doing. Dax was Dax was going back to the well, the FTR well of talking about uh, pro pro wrestling, blah blah blah. Do you know what I mean? We're pro wrestlers. We're not sports entertainers. Well, they yeah, don't really say that I specifically liked. anymore. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like this this old school thing because they have this old school approach. Like you said before, completely agree that uh, the new Titantron video and and theme music is really good. Fits perfectly into it. Um, yeah, and there's not much to add. I'm really looking forward or I'm like curious what will happen now with them and the inner circle. When will the inner circle show up? Uh, Sammy Guevara posted a picture. I don't know if it was today or yesterday of the inner circle, but just in, in a gray tone, like it's over. I don't know. Everyone's dead. But uh, yeah, curious to see. This this made me curious. And also <laughs> they, they, they cut that off like really weird just to show Team Taz. Yeah, and yeah I don't know. Well, speaking of which, we have a promo from Team Taz coming up now. Who wants to talk about Team Taz? Bear Patrick. in mind, but Jack, before we say it, bear in mind, oh, you know, he said it already. I'm going to say, bear in mind, whoever said, whoever doesn't has to talk about QT Marshall. Thank you, Jack. I will go to Patrick. <laughs> Patrick, we had a little promo from Team Taz. And uh, Taz basically says Brian Cage has apologized for respecting sting such a weird thing to make him apologize for he went and he kind of went down the line and asked if everyone's chill you know everyone's cool now and um and yeah um hobbs said he's cool hook said he's cool rick ricky starks i couldn't read he looked like he was like you know he did a really kind of like a four smile great so i'm not sure if ricky starks is cool maybe he's not cool with cage or maybe he's not cool with team taz as well i think he's because he said he mentioned that Cage had apologized to Starks personally because he actually called Starks out in that in that that bit with Sting, and then they went to um, Brian Cage who said something weird and like. <laughs> um, but it did seem like 
out of all of them, Ricky Starks was the most not okay. So maybe it's actually going to be Ricky Starks is going to take it really personally the 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 cage put him on blast which is a bit childish in my mind if they make a if they make a you know if 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 Starks alone and not with the rest of the group turns on Brian Cage at some point I think based on just that I'm thinking is that it is that what's pissed you off like you'll you'll crumble under a strong breeze surely Ricky do you know what I mean it's like if that's enough to you know get your juices flowing like what 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 did you make of this segment and and you know uh, they didn't give us a lot to kind of dissect and analyze but you know we'll try nonetheless what did you make about this and where where it might be potentially going yeah what what do i make out of this is like it, it there was not a lot like you said not a lot like content wise or or like happening um there must, be drama, there, must be dra there must be drama coming in Team Taz or else why even Yeah, right. It, you know definitely. I mean? There's definitely drama coming in. I actually liked that segment because it was kind of funny. Uh, uh, Ricky Stark's response was, was really funny. And uh, you could always see Brian Cage. Um, everyone except Ricky Starks had uh, the back turned to Brian Cage or Team Taz, but uh, uh, not Team Taz. Taz was looking and talking into the camera. So... Brian Cage was not agreeing at all. He was just rolling his eyes all the time and his eyebrows. He's like, he's like a like, like a to told off child. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. It's like, ah, oh, come on. I didn't do anything. I don't see the point. That's pointless. But yeah, this might break up at some point. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not like the promo before. I was curious what happens. I'm now not really curious what happens because I'm not. I, th I really I think... don't care about that. I think they might be going towards a Starks versus Cage thing. To be honest, I'd rather them go for a Hobbs versus Cage thing. Big meaty men slapping, mate. Do you know what I mean? Um, we, we can all have our Vince-esque indulgences every so often. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes, though. I mean, I'm not that invested. I don't know anyone who is that invested in Team Taz, but hopefully they'll change it because they've got some good talent. It's just they've been booked horribly. Yeah, right. Um, so especially Ricky Starks. Especially Ricky Starks. I, 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 w I would love, I would love to see Ricky Starks against Brian Cage. To be honest, that would be would, quite yeah. a nice match. Yeah. I tell you yeah. what, we will bring Jack in for this to, as the deciding vote. <laughs> would you rather see Brian Cage going up against Will Hobbs or Ricky Starks? Ricky Starks. Ah, fuck you. Um, I love you. It's all right. You're gonna get your instant. You're gonna get your instant karma because now you have to talk about QT Marshall. QT Marshall <laughs> came out. QT Marshall came out and made sure we all knew he had a wife. Um. <laughs> that's just got to be some that's just got to be some internet trolling and it like someone's probably really abused him so he just wanted to address See, it someone's <laughs> just sent him a dm like you probably never had pussy in your life QT. he's like i'll show that one person on twitter <laughs> hey guys look at my wife like that's all it served to do like it didn't involve from the angle at all um he said nobody other than tony khan has done more or like worked harder um, on on AEW, reminded us all that he won the first bunkhouse match. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, he uh, he he mentioned how he cuts Cody's t-shirts to the right size. That's so specific that I think that it's true, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? um, he uh, the crowd chanted Cody's friend at him when he said, "I'm not just Cody's friend." <laughs> So that was really good. Him. First time in in months that it really paid out that that uh, audience was there, that the crowd was there. Yeah. Cody also later responded to that again. He was like, "Guys, guys, let's not." You know what I mean? Um, he challenged Cody to a match next week. Cody comes out with his arm in a sling. Doesn't use that as an excuse though. I mean, at least he's selling that thing with Penta, which was one of your criticisms last week, Patrick. Um, 
and uh, and then proceeded to tell uh, Sure QT that I'm not going to hurt you if uh, <laughs> if I put the, if I if I put the figure four on you I will let go if I if I hit the crossroads I won't follow through which like we're not follow through then you're not going to pin him for the three are you like what's that about <laughs> anyway um, I guess you know he won't put some extra stank on it and you know intentionally hurt him whatever um, thoughts on this segment Jack. Oh my god. Um can I just I'd love to know who out of an AW audience gives a shit about this. Like I just can't like no one, surely. Like this is just trash. Like QT fair enough, right? QT he credit where credit's due, he does do a lot backstage. I know that. And I'm sure a lot of other people did. The fact he obviously had to describe it on Dynamite means some people obviously don't. Just like he had to tell us he had a wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's just like, they, I feel like they're struggling to put Cody at the moment because they seem to be very chopping and changing what he's doing. Like that Penta feud seems short-lived. I'd like to have seen that gone a well, bit longer. call that a feud. Exactly. And then, um, yeah, this just seems, seems like this can't be a long feud, surely. Like this is just, it just seems very, very odd. No one really cares. It seems like, oh, I don't know, AW seems to think people want stuff they don't. I think they need so, to read the room. <laughs> so in this in this feud, if you can call it a kind of budding feud, <laughs> I actually I I think I wouldn't say I think they might actually do it, but I think they should. And this is going to sound crazy, and you're going to disagree with me probably. I think they should do a double turn. I think QT should be the face in this story, and Cody should be the heel. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, yeah. No, I I don't I don't care what they do with QT um, because because at the moment. It, it is really... Uh, take all your kind of animosity of QT and the fact that he's just kind of in the way out of it for a second and just look at the storyline of these two guys. You've got this guy who's saying he does all this work and is underappreciated and you've got this guy that then comes out and kind of acts quite patronising and says, um, says like, oh, I'm not going to hurt you, don't worry, and stuff like this. And, and, you know, they could play this, so easily play this as Cody being a smarmy dickhead, which they probably should... It's probably due a heel turn. I'd like to, yeah. I think he is due a heel turn purely because there's a lot of stuff that people are kind of getting their back up to Cody about. Like, he's being very corporate. He's doing the kind of Go Big Show stuff and getting Snoop Dogg in and Snoop Dogg entrance music. He's having this and, show with Brandy, yep, this new show with Brandy that we'll talk about later, this kind of E kind of real housewife oh. shit. Um, <laughs> he's doing, he's doing, you know, he's he's kind of putting himself over with his baby announcement and stuff like that. He's doing all this stuff. And like he's still a heel, and it's like he would have a defense against all this. If you sorry, he's still a face. He would have a defense against all the criticism if he just turned heel. Do you know what I mean? Because he could just say, "Fuck it, I'm heel." Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just heel being heel, and it plays into his gimmick just fine. Um, so I could definitely see them doing a double turn in this. But it is very odd to me how they've gone into it, turning QT heel straight away just to maybe turn him back. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I do think it would work a lot better if QT if they're gonna do it. I think it would work better with QT as the face and, and Cody as the heel. Which uh, brings us, we mentioned Penta then, brings us to our next match, which was Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid versus Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. As they mentioned later on, I did notice this at the beginning though, this is a rematch of Fighter Fest, but with uh, Brandon Cutler subbed in for Kenny Omega. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can do a play-by-play in a minute, but first I'd like to come to you, Patrick, and ask you what you thought of this match. Um, the match directly... and not what happened afterwards, but yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now this directly connects uh, to the uh, 
new Cody feud or like this build up to this exhibition match he and Kitty Marshall will have. Um, because like this, this is so randomly put together now. So that match, why is uh, Laredo Kid now in? Where is uh, where's well? Pac? I think it's because Pack Pack's injured. That's why. Yeah, Pac's yeah, in. yeah. But 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 the thing is, like, why? Like two things now. Why don't they tell that Pack is injured? Somehow yeah, they, they can point. just. Yeah, they did. They have mentioned it on commentary. Yeah. Uh, but, but did they also say this is why the team was put together like this? Yeah, I think so. so. Okay, good. Okay, I, I didn't get that. And you also not. We were complaining. Maybe in the moment we were complaining, we didn't hear that. Yeah. But also now comes the other point. Why is the feud from Penta and Cody now over or seemingly over? Like just this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so stupid. Weird. Like just what, deal with it, Patrick. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's dealing. gone. It's over. <laughs> it's gone. It's no, over. <laughs> it was so nice as long as it lasted. No, but we were talking that about an interesting group. <laughs> In the wrestling room, and I was like, yeah, probably he will attack Penta during the match or interfere. He didn't do that. He crossed my plans. Now it was everything was bollocks after building up something really nice, to be honest. This is like, bollocks. Yeah, it is. Somebody has to say it. My God. But yeah, um, the match was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the match was fine. That's what I can say so far. Amazing. Apart from this, but <laughs> the match was good because what are you expecting from high flyers and uh, junior, former junior heavyweights and stuff? It's just like, actually, that's that's a match made for Jack. Oh. We can also talk about, but I like that match a lot. And I want to dive in again where uh, At the end. Yeah. where can he uh, somebody comes in in the other <laughs> uh, a little bit of a spot fest for me but um, I will also go into that a little bit um, but yeah I'll give you a play by play Nick and Fit well I'll give you a play by play as best I can because this is one of those matches that lasted that went so fast I had to stop taking notes because <laughs> I was missing so much of it so I'm I'm think I'm going to switch to audio logs of my matches <laughs> I'm just going to like um, audio or transcribe it because uh yeah I, I miss so much when i'm writing that sometimes i just can't can't watch it yeah uh nick and phoenix started out um there was a lot of quick wrestling like the arm drags and stuff from them you know showing off their things they both tagged in matt and penta it was like it was like each of them showcasing their abilities do you know what i mean they tagged tagged each other in at the same time so as in nick tagged matt in and phoenix tagged penta in at the same time they had a nice segment when these two were in actually that i really liked where um, Penta was trying to stamp on Matt on the floor and Matt was rolling out of the way and then he caught his foot and then got him up into the uh, the sharpshooter and then Penta did this nice kind of headstand submission sort of sort of hold um, he dropped down and again targeting the arms I believe it's kind of his thing they then tagged in Brandon Cutler and Laredo Kid. they did some stuff I don't know I guess um, Brandon Cutler I don't know. I'll, I'll go into asking you whether you thought how how he kind of did. I thought he did okay hanging with these guys. He was obviously always not never gonna measure up to the rest of them in terms of high flying. But we'll talk about that a bit more. Ray Phoenix hit uh, I think it was called an implosion arm drag off the ropes on the Young Bucks. That was very nice. Um, Brandon Cutler actually did hit a very nice spring uh, springboard senton uh, to the outside. Although he was immediately. <laughs> Um, overshadowed by Laredo Kid hitting an, a, one of the nicest Orihara moonsaults I've ever seen. Um, during the fight break, they slowed it down. They started doing less flashy moves. Makes sense, although even with these guys, you slow the match down, it's still pretty, you know, <laughs> pretty fast. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Laredo Kid hit an insane DT on Brandon Cutler that you'd have to kind of see to... I can't really explain it. Um, yeah, there was... I mean, I mean, I think this is when I stopped taking notes and I picked up a, again at the end. There was a lovely exchange between Nick and Phoenix that I remember, like um, some combinations. Um, oh, that was what happened after that, actually. Brandon Cutler, uh, he hit a really, really nice kind of counter... Um, where he kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, he kind of like flipped over their someone's back. I can't remember who it was, but anyway, it was a really weird, nice counter from Brandon Cutler that resulted in the Bucks using him as like a springboard to hit an indie taker. Um, that was that was beautiful stuff. Um, and then out of nowhere, pretty much, after he had that moment and the Bucks and him looked like they were going to win it, they were super kicking people left and right, they were taking everybody out, but then Brandon Cutler just gets hit with a Spanish fly off of Laredo Kid and gets pinned. Um, Jack, thoughts on the match, and then we'll come back to Patrick about what happened after the match. Yeah, um, I don't think there's too much to say because you did a really good play-by-play there, and um, Patrick obviously touched on it briefly, but I thought it was a nice match. I enjoyed it. It, was, it is quite funny when you compare like Brandon Cutler and with these like these very very experienced, very good wrestlers, um, and obviously he's not as had as much experience, especially not on Dynamite as much. Um, would could could you say he hung with him? Maybe I mean he, he did all right. He did there was he did a nice toe pace. Was it toe pace? Was he no? He jumped over the top rope, didn't he? Um, onto everyone. I thought that was quite cool, but um, but now it, it was an all right match. I think they're just trying to obviously keep Bucks and um, Death Triangle kind of intertwining with each other. Obviously, we had the Matt and Ray Phoenix match. Now we've had this. It's just kind of keeping it. Oh, you know, these two have a title match like coming up soon, kind of thing. Just having all I these forgot. different matches. That they go so it's to play for people like you, Tom. But now it's a, a good match. <laughs> <laughs> good match you people <laughs> you people I'd probably say out of the ones so far it's it's one of the better matches uh, we've had uh, yeah we've had out of the four so far it's it was that. the best one so far in the, yeah, so yeah. Far. yeah. Um, and it was very fast paced and I, I don't blame you for not managing to keep up because it was just a lot I going on. I keep up. I just stopped watching. I Are you just taking offence by everything I'm saying? <laughs> Are you just trying to be offensive? You say? Um, um, but now, yeah, pass on to Patrick and we'll talk about the end. Pass on to Patrick when I want to pass on to Patrick. I'll talk for a little bit if that's all right with you. <laughs> no? Um, no, I just, I was just going to say, um, I forgot what I was going to say. I think I'm just being, <laughs> I think I'm just being a dickhead. Just, no, um, yeah, fuck it. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick. Uh, Oh, actually, I'll tell you what happened after the match, and then you can comment on it. Uh, Omega came out and uh, attacked Laredo Kid. Um, kind of reminded us all about the fact this was a this was a Fight FS rematch, but without him. Um, talks about how he left people he loved. Mm-hmm. He left friends and family, specifically said people I loved in New mm. Japan to come to maybe a a, a mention for of Kota there. Definitely. Um, he, he, he left people he loved in New Japan a couple of years ago to come here. Um, and he said, I never chose AEW, I chose you, in reference to the Young Bucks. Um, he said, I chose you and you never chose me back. And he said, I'm giving you one last chance or whatever to two-sweet him. And he, he uh, threw it up and they did not two-sweet him. Lucha Brothers, uh, they, well, they got out of the ring. Lucha Brothers got him from behind, took him out with the double super kicks and then their finisher. Um, he was bleeding from the mouth after they left. Um, the 
Good Brothers in True Good Brothers fashion came out <laughs> when they weren't even needed anymore to uh, to look after Kenny and pick him up. And uh, Kenny gave a bloody mouth thumbs up to the camera. Um, yeah, thoughts on this? I'm, I'm sure you've got a lot to say on this, Patrick. Yeah, f first of all, get your finger ready. The heel moment of the night for me. Oh, <laughs> my finger's already ready, baby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yep, I'm ready. you got to say the okay. heel moment first. Oh, yeah, when, when Kenny, just the whole thing that he said, like, he came in, <laughs> mostly that he came in and said, I didn't came for AEW, I came for you guys, and now you're more of a letdown. God damn it. God damn it, Kenny. How could you that's, say such that's, a thing? How could you say such a thing? Now, that's really good and deep shit. That's what I like. Um, such deep shit. That's, that's what she said. <laughs> such deep but, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this, yeah, really, really like this segment. Uh, like, really, this, this stands out. The other promos and mostly everything, except the pinnacle thing, maybe, that happened in the show were really average or not mentionable not not worth mentioning at some points but this is so good so well uh written or put together live whenever they're deciding what they're saying in word but it's it's just makes so much sense and also like you said that he said like he left even people he loved behind in japan for this and now they're the other and guys think who does he mean by people he loved Do you know what i mean yeah, that's, all his that's boyfriends really and girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but but that that's the point. That, that's what I really like when they give. Some he did mention real... fans who loved him as well. Um, yeah. in New Japan, he did mention how the fans loved him, which they did. Real deep him. stuff that he left behind, and also what what I find interesting that he's still referring to the Bullet Club sign, uh, although he didn't do that for a long time, and now he thinks for some kind of way it's important again because I think may maybe because he's the cleaner now again, or he wants also like to see from Kenny, he wants to be that cleaner guy again. He wants to be that guy again who was on top of the world, which he wasn't the last like two years. What what people say, quote unquote, uh, although he still was, but uh, he wants to have a reminiscence of that era again, and if they're not in, they're out. So, I like that. I think. But also, idea. what I have to say, what I also liked, <laughs> when Brenton Cutter left, like, yeah, go with your cameraman. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we had a Jade Cargill promo. Who wants this? Giving offers. No, go on. Throwing out on. there, because... Ah, okay, Patrick will take this one. Um, yeah, she uh, said red, red Velvet... Um, so, yeah, she kind of, you know, called out Red Velvet for the audacity of kind of squaring up to her and, um, you know, said she's not done with her. Uh, she referred to herself as, you know, now you've got to face off with that bitch, I guess, is, is going to be is that <laughs> gonna be her, her like, nickname. Is that going to be on a T-shirt? I, I kind of like it. I'd wear it, just ironically. <laughs> so, Patrick, just take that to note. We've got one Vicious Vixens for T-shirt for Tom and a Jade Cargill, that bitch T-shirt. When it If is they produced. bring out a shirt that says that <laughs> bitch right. on, I will 100% wear that. <laughs> the fucking time it would be hilarious open a money pool already <laughs> um yeah what, how, what are your thoughts on roman reigns i mean jade cargill uh patrick <laughs> not a lot i to be honest i really look forward to that match because they delivered a real good match already they i look forward to it match. mainly because of red velvet yeah. i think red velvet should be in the spot yeah. jade cargill's in right now me too but uh the promo like the other ones i said before like it just doesn't matter. It's really just time wasted. <laughs> just do the match, announce it a week before, then I'm happy. I don't want to see like a minute long, super overproduced promo anymore. For I'm like, I get it who Jake Hargill is. 
do you think just do something meaningful do you think i'm being unfair by accidentally on purpose comparing her to roman reigns i said something i don't know if i can say that on the podcast again to you but something that goes in the same direction but for <laughs> for some reasons i'm not going to say that out uh, but at least you're learning self-control progress progress no but it's it's just like why are they pushing but in terms of in world? terms of yeah in terms of them picking someone and telling you this is who we're you know and i suppose i i've always been a really annoying smart when it comes to conversations with roman reigns and made sure people knew it wasn't because he was being pushed against our will which was the main reason people disliked him i just never rated him as a wrestler um, I never thought he'd he'd be able to carry a match as a singles wrestler, which came all abundantly clear when he had that horrible match with Undertaker at WrestleMania. I thought he was always just good as the impact guy in a in a six man tag. Um, aside from that, a lot of people dislike Roman Reigns because the WWE said this is the guy we're picking the guy. Deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Not not late. Not leaving up for the the crowd to pick their guy like they picked Daniel Bryan, like they picked CM Punk, like they picked Cesaro. Um, so yeah, um, I I do think that Jay Cargill is a similar situation to that. I think she's AEW's kind of first Roman Reigns in a sense because the, before she's even had a match, they've decided she's going to be possibly even the face of the women's division up there with like Britt Baker, or whatever. By you know, with the absolute force that they're pushing her, I have to imagine that's what their ultimate goal is. Do you know what I mean? Um, and based on what, do you know, she's not particularly famous, or you know, I'm just I'm just going over points I've said in previous weeks, but. Yeah, it, it irritates me a bit. And I think Red Velvet has been out there busting her chops and she's definitely getting squashed by Jade Cargill and it's a shame because I I think Red Velvet has earned the spot that Jade Cargill currently has and hasn't earned it. Do you know what I mean? But, oh well, there you go. That means that, Jack, you get to talk about the promo for Roads to the Top. <laughs> <laughs> we saw a trailer for Roads to the Top. <laughs> their new, uh, their new Cody, Cody and Brandy's new Real Housewives show. <laughs> How excited are you for this? <laughs> I don't know when to watch it. Like ironically, but I'm, I'm scared. Gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm scared if I watch it that I'll get into it. Like, and then I'll be like a proper fan. So I don't know whether to just cut I, it there and just I'm not... kind of interested to see other wrestlers show up in it to be honest, which does that make Same any for sense me. for me for me to they watch the show? Some... Yeah, they yeah, showed yeah. a little bit of MJF, back, didn't they? Segments. Yeah, and they also had some backstage segments where Tony Khan was sitting in gorilla position and talking and I was like, uh, uh I just watch one hour show maybe for this two minutes where they're showing something that interests yeah. me. But I don't want That's what I'm thinking I'm gonna be like with that. I really don't yeah. care about watching their personal <laughs> life, but if like then wrestlers occasionally show up and be like, ooh, I'm kind of excited to see that. Do you know what I mean? So that, That's uh, how I feel about it. I don't really care about their personal life because, like, who, I mean, sure, whatever, they're just celebrities, aren't they? So, or rest, well, they are celebrities now, aren't they? So it's kind of fair enough. They're just going to be showing off how great their life is and how sometimes they go through shit, but we're all relatable. Uh, but I'm just excited, yeah, to see the... It's like when I watch football documentaries and stuff, where I am interested in obviously what's going on because, you know, that's what you watch it for. But you're more, like, intrigued to see the other teams, you know, when they face these other teams and see, yeah. So it's cool. Um, but but for Rose to the top, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what it comes to. If it if it gets renewed for a second season, then clearly it's done well. If not, 
and it was just the shambles of an idea by TNT. Completely off topic, but someone I recently got into Game of Thrones has just seen the Red Wedding episode and texted me just now. Uh, also, <laughs> we, we, I saw that episode on Christmas with my girlfriend. We were completely <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a bit of Christmas. And a happy New Year. <laughs> also, whilst whilst we quickly steered off, uh, breaking news which happened after we'd done our breaking news segment. Impact's going to be moving to Thursday nights. Are they? VJ put it in our wrestling chat. Ooh la la. Mm. Well, I also have breaking news that I forgot to mention, which was that um, AEW are running a house show um, yes. on oh, that Friday on, on WrestleMania weekend. And I had something... Should we, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll add that into less important shows, even though it should have been part of breaking news. But I want to get. I really want to get your you guys' opinions on that because that's going to be a, a hot topic issue um, based on things they've said before. Um, anyway... Sorry, I, I really want to mention something that's really important to me regarding Cody and oh, oh, we, the, the reason it's perhaps is a show anymore. Just go for it. Okay. No, I'm just looking forward to Pharaoh's to stuff also. I love that dog. I just wanted to say it. I love the dog. He's cool. That's the only reason I'm following Cody Rhodes' Instagram account, just to see Pharaoh. I like how you pronounce that. So do I. Pharaoh. Pharaoh. How, how do you say that? Pharaoh. 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 No. Pharaoh. No, keep saying it your way. Pharaoh. Boys, let's get going. <laughs> He's a pharaoh. We've become distracted, as we always do. <laughs> no. Not us, surely. Um, next up was Eddie Kingston versus and a John Moxley promo. Um, yeah, this is a broken something, I quote Eddie. <laughs> he was like, this is a broken something, now I've got a broken something. Uh, he tries to stand up, John pushes him down. Uh, Mox says uh, he he doesn't know or like the Young Bucks, but he owes them one. And if they want to play the game, you're in the game. Blah blah blah. Um, it's quite a cool, intense little thing to say from Mox. I was a little bit worried they were kind of turning Eddie Kingston after this whole passionate moment into a bit of comic relief in this, with him saying I've got a broken something and then trying to stand up and Mox just like pushing him back down. Do you know what I mean? To to sit down. I was a bit concerned about them making him comic relief, but. I am excited to see this; these two kind of intertwine with the Young Bucks and Kenny and that. But I'm still, again, I'm still wondering how they're going to keep this going with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers still have their match, or Death Triangle even. Um, I, I assume Pac's injury is like throwing his banner into the works as well, um, but he'll be back soon. But yeah, Patrick, thoughts on this promo specifically and its implications? That was another cool one. Uh, as a team together, they work really, really good. I play like play. And yes, they're really awesome. Like Also, how Moxley was standing in the back a little bit like a dark orange Cassidy, standing here with the sunglasses on, not moving well. <laughs> Eddie Kingston was talking. It was a little... They have, he has some comedic touch point there at, at some, some place. That's really nice. Um, yeah, and curious to see what will happen then now with the Bucks. As you mentioned before, the Bucks still have their title match against uh, the Death Triangle. And, uh, yeah, let's see if they will get a little assistance from the, whatever they call their team now, the Destructive Dingaloos, I don't know. <laughs> the Destructive Dingaloos. <laughs> we found the name of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It always comes from Patrick as well, the name of the episodes, doesn't it? <laughs> Patrick, you just got a knack for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know. 
you should play with me Gartic phone one day. That's the perfect game for me because I can come up with totally nonsense stuff and it I makes a whole game out of it. it. We'll do it. Okay, great. But yeah, um, it, it was it was good promo and this this was one of the few promos which was again really good because it had some content, my favorite word. It was content-wise, my second favorite word today. Very good leading us somewhere, showing us okay, they're sticking together, they're really mad, they're really pissed. Uh they have their uh their way of dealing with things he's still like uh, uh moxley is still like ah, I, I i i owe something to the bucks although i don't like when i owe something to someone but i'm just gonna go with it because i'm a man of honor so that's really good point really clear I point and yeah right keeps on going that spinning that wheel on next up we had nyla rose versus tay conti it was their third match by my reckoning even though the announcers kept referring to it as like a rematch from the uh tournament i suppose because that was the more recent one um it being their third match nyla rose winning the last two i was like take on he's got to win this i think the other time take on he won she was filling in for layla hirsch not one sorry the, the other match they had i think it was she filled in for layla hirsch and they had a singles match um and then they had the match in the tournament and then they had this um yeah, from the get-go, I was like, if Take On D doesn't win this, they just have no respect for her whatsoever. Um, Dark Order came out to offer their support for Take On T, which was nice, um, in, in Anna Jay's absence. Nyla started out strong, as you'd expect her to. Tay got her in a submission and then started to hit some nice arm drags, which was quite impressive, given that it was, you know, Nyla Rose of all people. Nyla did her <sighs> knee drop thing and got a near pin. I know you're a big fan of that, Patrick. Um, then it was during the break, I think, she got to the outside and she was just, Nyla was just doing dominating wrestles as you expect from the heel during the break. And then she danced a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want that as a theme can, to some music in the background. It has been, it has yeah, been. Has really, it? Seen it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can we also have a cringe moment of the week? Because this would have been definitely one again. <laughs> How many moments do you want, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, we, can, we can fill up the whole podcast as it's just consistent moments. of moments we get it you're more valuable than me on this show <laughs> more valuable than you beautiful um this yeah. show would be nothing about me it would not even get uploaded <laughs> right child god complex um, nyla rose did like a a senton that got reversed with um tape and her knees up which was quite brutal um oh, i believe at some point vicky guerrero slapped take on t and take on he went after her um you know classic heel shit uh, Tay kind of kept seeming to try and get control it never really felt like she got control throughout the whole match um, then she hit like a uh, running knee strike That's uh, it's hard to describe they were like uh, it was like a reverse kind of Nyla was kind of like guillotined on the ropes facing the outside and then Tay ran along the ropes to hit a knee strike I, don't, I can't remember if she ran along like the second rope or the bottom rope or something like that it was pretty dope um and, uh, yeah, and then she just, you know, I, I'm not sure whether she'd actually done enough offense to Nyla to justify it beyond this end sequence. But regardless, it ended in a DDT. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it ended in a DDT, didn't it? Um, DDT? And, yeah, and then Jim, Jim Ross took the piss out of it like you just did. The name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the controversial thing for me was Nyla kicking out at four or 3.5 or whatever you want to say. And, like, one of two things has happened there. Either she's been booked to do that to protect her a little bit, to say, oh, she was this close to kicking out, 
or she's just taken it upon herself to do that. And if it's the latter, it's kind of shitty. Do you know what I mean? Because it's saying, ah, I like you one, but I'm still straight, you know. Um, but yeah, um, I wonder whose call that was. After the match, uh, Nyla started uh, attacking her and then Hikaru Shida made the save. And then the bunny runs to the ring and starts attacking Hikaru Shida. And yeah, I, I can see you guys having the same face as me already. <laughs> Started attacking Hikaru Shida and Tay Conti. Then Matt Hardy was there on the stage and said the Eliminator tournament was a sham because the bunny wasn't in it, even though I, he didn't represent the bunny at that point. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, how his talent's getting overlooked. It won't happen anymore. Someone from the crowd very audibly shouted, your brother's better at Matt Hardy. <laughs> um, and, um, <laughs> Uh, and that was that. Um, I actually, I've I've really undersold this match because I actually quite like this match. I thought it was quite a good match. Um, I, I again, I think they just have the same choreographer for uh, all the women's matches because even matches with Nyla Rose in it, as long as she's in there with one other talented girl. I mean, even her match with Hikaru Shida she had a while back was decent, and I don't actually rate Hikaru Shida as I said before. So I just I do think there is a dedicated choreographer for the women's matches. Um, and I liked it. I thought it was a good match. I actually, I've, I've really undersold it by taking so few notes, but I thought it was a decent wrestling match. Um, come to you, Patrick. Uh, thoughts on the match itself, although I know you'll have stuff to say about what happened afterwards, but try to keep it just to the match itself in the meantime. Okay, then I can keep it short. Um, I was su surprised by the outcome. Like your cock. Sorry. <laughs> now he's disrupting the show. I got a laugh from Patrick. That's all I needed, at least one. <laughs> I always laugh. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> classic Dave Chappelle. Oh my god, I love that show. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, no, I wouldn't say a good match. It was an average match. Uh, the outcome of it was the the the, the uh, was surprising that Take Hunty won. Uh, I liked also the it wasn't me. It wasn't me because I figured. They can't have they can't have Nyla Rose go over a three times clean. It would just be absolutely shitting on Tay Conti, who they're supposedly yeah. invested in. I like I knew. But she going had so to clean over her, or, yeah. and she sold she sold the DD Tay. What else was she gonna what else, she, what else was she gonna do as a face though? She wasn't gonna go dirty ever, was she? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I suppose, I suppose that's I suppose that's that I mean if unless it was neither taken upon herself that's what that kicking out at 3.5 was for do you know what I mean yeah. um to kind of still trying to protect Nyla somewhat I guess as a beast yeah but she sold she sold the finisher very good that's what I liked uh, so but I, there was... I thought it was a good match I thought it was a good match I I, yeah, but I didn't take enough that... I didn't take enough notes for it but I I remember watching it and thinking this is a good match the parts like where Nyla was very dominant and so they were not that good and um it was the little mini rallies yeah. from tay that kind of she hit she she was putting on a lot of like really nice kind of submissions and technical stuff and yeah the arm drags that's, that's from also what i liked yeah. so the nyla part you can clearly see who was the better wrestler technical wrestler or in general maybe wrestler in this match and that was definitely the Conti because nyla rose wasn't able to carry on uh like this this <clears throat> kind of a quality in the match which you can also see in the uh, match then with her and Shida uh, then you can de definitely see how good Shida is because Nyla Rose isn't and she was able to carry her through a really good match and this was this same like the same almost but more in, in a small on a smaller stage now uh, but I'm very happy that Tai Conti, wo Tai Conti won <laughs> and yeah 
I didn't have to use a siren for you once talking about Take Hunter, yeah. Patrick, and Proud of you. Yeah. Jack, anything to add about the match? No, not really. I think more of it happened after the match, but I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm loving Tay, and um, she actually is... Did it say number two? Number She's in the rankings anyway at the moment, so yeah. they are pushing her, so it would have definitely been a shitty move to um to have her lose to Nyla. But I think the right person won. Um, interesting. That's what, what I've been waiting for. Yeah. I was, hope, I was hoping it would happen in the uh, in the Eliminator tournament. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Nyla, though, because I'm not... As much as I give Nyla a lot of shit, I like that she's a little different to the other women in the fact yeah. that she's a bigger girl. She's that kind of, you know... Um, the what the the Goliath to the David, or there's got to be a better analogy for women out there. But you know, um, but no, I like I like what she kind of portrays. Um, but yeah, I also need you needed Tay to win because otherwise she needed to be on that next level. Now she's beaten Nyla, who got to the final women's tournament. That's put her on that next step. And there's a lot of girls in this division that are at the right time, all kind of stepping up a bit more, which can only mean good things. I I agree with you in that I have no idea, and and it's not just a recent thing. For about a year now, I've not known what they're gonna what they should do with Nyla Rose. I mean, like they don't seem to know what to do with her, but I have no alternative suggestions. You know what I mean, so it's like not that they'd come to me anyway. They went fun. Hey Tom, it's Tony, uh, it's TK. Uh, what should we do with Nyla Rose? But no, I, I did I have, have a thought though when um, and I think this was after the match, but it, but it's more relevant for now. It doesn't it doesn't have to be for after that. But um, I thought the pinnacle, I was like, when I had that idea that I said earlier about all of them having each belt, um, TNT, all of them, I then thought, oh, but then they're missing uh, a member for, for the women's belt. Mm. Then I thought, we all thought Britt Baker could be a good, as a heel, could join in, and then she's the one that's got the women's belt in there, and they've all got a belt. Britt Baker would be a good addition. But yeah, Nyla Rose, though, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... I don't know. She should probably be an enforcer for somebody, I think, for a while. Do you know what I mean? She mm. should probably be like female Wardlow or something for somebody else that would keep her relevant. Yeah. She could probably be doing what Reba's doing, to be honest, you know, um, for, for Britt Baker or somebody like Britt Baker. But, um, yeah, we shall see. Next up, we had... I actually really like this. We had Miro, Kip, Chucky T, uh, Orange Cassidy hyping their match for next week. And... Um, Chucky T called Miro a Donkey Kong looking bastard and um and then said he said you Donkey Kong looking bastard and he said if that if you if Miro's Donkey Kong what does that make Kip and it he he was obviously like expecting um Orange Cassidy to say like Mario or something but then Orange Cassidy goes Donkey Kong Jr. and he's like <laughs> yeah and then shrugged it. It's like, oh. so you're not keeping your you know you're not keeping your princess after uh, talking about Penelope Ford after uh, after our match I don't know whether they mean they're going to kidnap her or something <laughs> I don't think that's what they meant they were just trying to make a, an, a, the analogy work but yeah um, Miro used his kind of um, his walking Xanax line and, and I'll tell you what with the stipulation and the fact that they're actually seem to be kind of nailing the humour, or at least let, they're letting Chucky T be funny because he's a funny guy. Anyone who's seen him in like the Indies knows he's a really funny guy. Um, at times, he'd definitely have bordered on. You could even describe him as a comedy wrestler. The same, same could be said for um, Colt Cabana, um, Santino in WWE. You know, our truth, people like that. You could have described Chucky T a good wrestler, but a comedy wrestler. Um, so you know they're letting him be funny and 
and with the stipulation next week, I'm quite excited for it. I they've they've salvaged something out of this storyline for me. Um, as it probably helps that it's the light at the end of the tunnel, and this looks like the end of the feud, the uh, blow off match. But yeah, Patrick, thoughts? Give me some thoughts. Some thoughts. Let me in that head of yours. Yeah. I could just just hope that it's over finally. <laughs> <laughs> That's Although less I'm, optimistic. I'm really. Open. I'm really curious to see what what they will build up when it's in like an uh, arc. What is arcade anarchy? Was it yeah? Match? I'm thinking it'd be like pinball machines around the side of the ring, and they'll like chuck each other into them and shit. Yeah, but that would be cool. Like if if they're real, like all around the ring, not like the mimosa match where there were just big pool, two pools or so, which are yeah. like children pools. Just bring fifty fucking arcades and pinball machines around. Let them completely waste them. That would be awesome. Then I would be happy that the feud that this weird feud got a nice ending but otherwise just please stop it It get some help (laughs) it should be that many get help please um (laughs) no i think it'll probably end up being similar to when they have a tables match where they set like one table at each kind of side of the ring there'll probably be like three or four arcade machines or something i'm hoping i'll be proved wrong i'm hoping there'll be more than that or they they might scatter out a little more so like out into the crowd a bit further there's arcade machines you know what i mean so like where they positioned their Allen or whatever it's called before when it got damaged that wasn't at ringside specifically was it it was into the crowd a bit now on to in my opinion one of the most unintentionally funny moments of the week in a scorpio sky promo i'll tell you why <laughs> i found it unintentionally funny yeah wait for it okay so scorps basically given his you know further in his angry heel gimmick right saying like oh um i've been overlooked and stuff and he talks about how he's been underrated and he says my days of being underrated are over or my my you know my days of being underrated is over and then he says that's why i'm facing mike seidel on dark (laughs) elevation (laughs) (laughs) it's like i don't think those days are over scorp if you're facing mike not the the shit seidel on dark elevation oh my days i i just creased up at that um God, what can you even say about that? Uh, uh, honestly, Jackson. he doesn't help himself, does he? Oh, that was just that was just so ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, also, that was the I think that was the point where you and me tried to figure out where the difference is between uh, elevation and the normal dark. Uh, it, I just had to think about show? somebody. Uh, is this there's still there are two, there's still a dark as well as a dark elevation? Yeah. Yeah, but where's the difference between dark and dark elevation? Like. Somebody posted in the AEW Reddit like this scene from The Office. Corporate wants to wants you to look at both uh, these two pictures and tell the difference. Yeah, no it's uh, on point. Scene. I don't see any difference right now from the match cards or anything and the presentation also. I think the match graphics super nice with the graphics they're doing a fucking good job, but they should also do a different presentation. It just looks like the normal AEW arena. They are not even. I don't know. There's no difference in it. Thought, There's no different I lighting in elevation, it. Nothing. I thought Dark Elevation was going to be their attempt to at like an NXT, uh, and Dark was just still going to just be the dark matches from Dynamite. But you know, it doesn't seem to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I they don't should. That's that, what so. they should do. They, that's what they should do. I'd, I'd be more invested in people like you know Caesar Pineapple. <laughs> I don't know. I've, that's not even. It's not even the right letter. Oh, I'm no. running out of words. Sees a boner, um, yeah. Versus, uh, you know, Aaron Solo or something like that. If we actually, you know, gave them characters and storylines and week in week out, and actually, 
you know, had them wrestling people that they're on a par with, not just a, a match full of, a card full of squash matches, you know. Anyway. Next up, we had the main event of the evening. Darby Allen defending his TNT title against John Silver. Patrick, what did you think of this? What did you make of this bad boy? Great match. I was so looking forward to it. John Silver is just, yeah, just a so solid and really good worker. Um, I can directly say I liked the match, but what I didn't like... The finish. Well, not the finish, what happened afterwards. No, the finish also. It's more like like about uh, Darby's role in that, because Darby didn't really take part in the match. It was just really small pieces of it where he was in charge of it, but mostly... John Silver going at it like really was like he's like steroids. What? There was a theme of that this week because uh, Nyla Rose and Tay Conti, like I mentioned, Tay Conti rarely had control of the match at any point, and yet she still won, and she still put down someone like Nyla. And maybe at the end, it, it didn't necessarily feel like she had done enough damage to Nyla to keep her down for the three. Would you say that that could also be said for John Silver hadn't been hurt enough in this match by the time Darby pinned him? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I do I'll like that. Say that. I'll tell you what, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm about to talk about the finish. Let's give it a play-by-play and then I'll come to Jack yeah. and you can chip in as well. Um, well, first things first, the glaring thing is... Hard, what They started calling them by their new name in this, so I'm trying to remember what it was. Matt Hardy's family were, were at ringside, but they call it the Hardy Office Family or something like that? Or the Hardy Family Office or something? The H- Hardy Family Office, sorry. Hardy Family Office. Where, where do they get this <laughs> fucking name? The HFO, they were saying as well. The Hardy Family Office. What is that? I don't know. Um, okay, so the Hardy Family Office, apparently. Inside. Um, Darby points up at the beginning of the match saying, you know, this one's for you, Brody. Which is a little weird that he did that and not, uh, not uh, John Silver, but it's appreciated nonetheless. Um, no, I think, I think he's doing it more for like, do it for him. Instead yeah, of him, okay. so for him. Ah, okay. Um, quite early on, there was a massive spot that kind of reminded me of a spot I've seen twice before. Um, the spot in question I'm talking about is when Darby runs uh, John Silver, and John Silver just like uh, like stands his ground and just like batters him, and Darby like ricochets off him and flies out of the fucking ring. I fucking love that. It reminded me of a couple of times I've seen it before. Once I saw. I think it was Jeff Cobb do it to Matt Riddle on... Uh, oh, no, it was Keith Lee do it to Matt Riddle before both of them were signed by WWE. They did it on Progress or somewhere like that um, where Matt Riddle ran at Keith Lee and Keith Lee kind of shouldered him and, and Matt just went flying out of the ring. They also did it on NXT, but I forget who were involved in that. I think it was Keith Lee again, but I can't remember who was doing it on. I want to say someone like Adam Cole or someone like that. Yeah, it was Adam Cole. He tossed him yeah. over the barricade into the yeah. audience. Over the barricade. Mostly, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's the, it's, it's the third time I've seen a spot of this sort. I still think the best one I saw out of those three was the first time when Keith Lee, Keith Lee on Matt Riddle because he went over the top rope. But I this... The way Darby went through the middle rope, actually, might it might not have been as visually impressive as that, but it was technically quite impressive how he managed to just, like, yeet himself through the ropes off that, and it was, I don't know, it really served to instantly say, oh, okay, John Silver's in this shit now. John Silver is, you know, he's got that low centre of gravity. He is a fucking machine. Um, yeah, uh, so he, yeah, he absolutely flew out of the ring. Silver was so physical with the moves he was hitting. Um, you know, he's got... he's. 
he's great. He's such a good technical wrestler as well as being so funny. Um, Alan Five Angels uh, took a tope for Silver, pushed him out of the way and took the tope from Darby Allen to the outside. At this point, I think the Dark Order had done too much interfering for Sting's liking and Sting came out and stood on the ramp and scared a group of about nine men just by standing there and, you know, posing. <laughs> okay, I guess. Uh, although I was kind of picking up because Dark Order of Face, part of it was out of respect. Do you know what I mean? Rather than fear, I guess, um, was what they were doing. Uh, you know, that's maybe that's me being generous. Uh great great moment of the match for me was when Silver reversed Darby Stunner into the Queen Slayer and a Jay's finisher mm. like saying oh you're not here right now but you know it's like saying we're thinking about you in the match um, he hit Silver hit a really interesting DDT um, variation it was like a 90 degree DDT like float over DDT or something it was really nice though um, and yeah um, oh JR, JR always, JR almost made it through the show without saying a really, really fucking weird thing. And a call he made during this match was, I can't remember what happened before it, some, like, a really strong strike or something, and JR said, that'll bring you to your milk. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 What is that supposed to fucking mean? <laughs> that'll bring have, you to your milk. At a JR moment <sighs> of the show, Jack, please, as our producer, yeah. <laughs> I demand a JR moment of the show. We need, we need my JR cringe moment produced uh, uh, presented by we need, we need we need Michael Scott just go dear God no 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 <laughs> uh, and um, here comes the big dog <laughs> Darby um uh yeah the John Silver was like hitting Darby repeatedly kicking him even um and then it turned into and into palm strikes and stuff but Darby was asking him to kick him more he was like give me another give me another then uh Darby went up top after after that kind of segment he kind of got back into it he went up top and he actually did not hit the coffin drop he could have hit the coffin drop on John Silver but he decided instead to hit the coffin drop on the entire Dark Order on the outside bit of an odd choice because they weren't healing it up they were staying out of it and I'll tell you what Jack always says this, that the best matches are the ones where they where you go into it, that their job going into it, if you don't think there's any way someone can win it, it's it's if if they can convince you that there's a chance they can, that's that's good shit. Do you know what I mean? And they did that in this match for me. They did it a few times with I tell you okay, so there's one that was pointing up to the sky thing and just putting the emphasis on Brody. There was um the fact that the Dark Order were helping them in this whole you know getting by with my friends kind of thing they're pushing and and there was this the fact that Darby you know took his eyes off the prize to hit a coffin drop to the outside rather than on his opponent I was like oh it's gonna cost him do you know what I mean so I was I was really starting to think that because of the way Darby's emphasized only had three defenses and stuff I'm really hoping to think you know thinking they could they could give this to John Silver have John Silver as TNT champion but Darby could have that redemption angle like I didn't you know I didn't do it how I wanted to the first time I'm gonna get back do you know what I mean I'm gonna get it back I'm gonna do so they could have done that um they didn't spoiler alert but that's coming up <laughs> soon um yeah Silver hit a big move off the top uh but Darby got his feet on the ropes um crowd were firmly behind silver at this point which i'm starting to wonder whether they thought they were booking it right because after after this point when darby got the feet on the ropes the crowd booed and then silver got up and um you know was he got he got him up for uh 
some sort of oh he went for Brody's power bomb didn't he he was uh, he was he was t- doing Brody's taunt crowd were just so into they they were buying stock in silver at this point and then Darby reversed the power bomb into a code red uh, for the pin Jack sorry about that you can edit out <laughs> Jack thoughts on the match um, yeah I've really enjoyed it match of the night easily without a shadow of doubt. I've just got to reiterate the same points as you. The best matches are those. There's two types of best matches. The ones where it's 50-50 could go either way. My clear example for that um, is Mox versus MJF. When I distinctly remember saying to Tom, "This is I haven't felt a way like that in a match in a long time where I was like, I genuinely can't call this. This yeah. could go either way. Um, and then you've got the ones where you're, you're 99.9% sure it's going to go a certain way yet the other person can convince you it's not, and that's what this match was. Um, the only comments I want to make without getting into this too long, because I think you guys are touching it mainly, um, people aren't, as, and you obviously said it with Boo and Derby, but I think people just aren't hot on Derby anymore. Derby was so over at one point, and now he's a TNT champ. I swear people just don't give a shit about him anymore. I read, and, and that's I read there might I read, read there might be an element of out of ring stuff to do with that. I was reading on um, I was actually reading on the New Japan subreddit because it was talking about some events that happened at, after the New Japan Cup, which we'll talk about in a bit. But some people were saying how um, you get a lot of bad faith trollers trolls about AEW on on um, on Twitter, as we all know, um, people who don't actually watch the product and. As you were saying, this, this commenter was saying how everyone was so over on Derby, and then I didn't even hear about this, and it wasn't in the speaking out movement or anything, but there was some allegations came to allegations a bit of a strong word, but some accusations came to like the Derby Allen's a bit of a prick as a partner, um, not that he'd you know not that he'd abused anyone physically or sexually or anything, just that he was a bit of a, a toxic guy to be in a relationship with. Um, Tony Khan, apparently... Darby apparently showed Tony Khan his DMs or private messages um, pertaining to this situation, and Tony Khan said, I'm satisfied that it's there's no problem here, it's all fine. Um, you know, there's nothing. And after that... But apparently when those things, those accusations came up, that's when people started kind of ripping the shit out of his style and his, uh, you know, his his image and his wrestling and, and all of this shit. And it was mainly people who didn't watch the show, but the kind of negativity pile on just, you know, it has its, it takes its toll and the domino effect from that. And then, you know, and now it's died down again. No one's talking about that stuff. And yet, like, he hasn't got managed to get the momentum back. So I think part of that with fans is, was a kind of, a rabid fan cancel Derby effort that happened that I didn't even know about, but apparently it's, it kind of sucked the wind out of the sails of, of Derby and a little bit. Not 100% him, though. Some fault has to be going with the booking with the Team Taz, as I think you'd both agree, um, that that did not help. But I think it's a, it's a mixture of things. But I hope that he showed in this match anyway. I hope this is his, his comeback because, I mean... I agree with both of you. It was a great match. Um, my match of the night, anyway. We'll see. I assume. I'm not. I make no assumptions because that's coming up in a bit. But, uh, shall we? I mean, we have to at some point, don't we? Shall we talk about what happened after the match? Let's do it. We? Okay. After the match, uh, Matt Hardy attacked Darby Allen for some reason, and um, Hardy's the Hardy family office. Um, started jumping everybody and then I think Take On T and Bunny came out and continued their little brawl 
Um, and it was just a fucking mess of a way to end the show, I think. Like, I don't... I, uh, what's his motive? I actually wrote down, Hardy attacks Darby. Why the fuck? That was just that was the last notes I've got on my uh, on my page. Um, Jack, help me out here. Shed some light on this. What's going on? Um, if I had to make any sort of link at all, Darby had a match with Dark Order. Matt Hardy doesn't like Dark Order because Dark Order's affiliated with Hangman now. That is literally the only reason I could it's see. It's so loose, and give... he was against a Dark Order member in this match, though, as well. Like, so you'd but you'd think he'd be on the same size as Darby. But then, obviously, Darby's a face, so it can't, it can't work like that, apparently. Anyway, it was just really random, and it kind of ruined the it ruined the end for me a little bit. Not in a bad way. Obviously, you can still watch the match and be like, that was a solid match, but it just was really random in a weird way to end the show. I hate to sound like Jim Cornette, but this was lazy booking. This is, I want, um, I want Matt Hardy and the Hardys, Hardys faction involved in an angle. Instead of working at it, instead of... You know, they're just going to go with the absolute most generic, we feel underappreciated, we're not taking it anymore. And they've hardly been together a fucking week and a half. Like I said, he was complaining about... He was complaining about the bunny being underappreciated in a time when he didn't even represent her. And it's not like... It's not like she was even having matches either. She wasn't having matches on Dynamite. So, it's... You go back and watch, it's just kind of like retcon in history because she seemed perfectly happy being a manager. Do you know what I mean at that point? She wasn't out there asking for spots. She wasn't out there asking for matches and calling out matches. She was literally just a a valet. And yet now they're saying, oh, you know, it's just just revisionist history, if you will. Um, It doesn't make any sense to me. And like I said, it's just lazy to say that they, we want these in the picture. How are we going to do this? Just a random attack. Yeah. someone who is in a spot for for no other reason than they want to be in the in the spotlight it's just it's really lazy writing um otherwise quite a good show but it was just a bit of a damper on the end patrick i don't know what you thought about it yeah completely the same um i i di- didn't get that why matt hardy attacked uh darby allen like it would it would have made sense sh- john silver or solar because they clearly have something against the dark order but darby allen didn't make any sense to me um and also the thing with the bunny is uh, uh, just referring back to the QT promo when he says like, yeah, and there's my wife supporting me. Uh, like I'm, I know her since I'm eight or so. I'm like, yeah, but but what about the Ellie stuff in between? Yeah. Like, are yeah. you think we're stupid or so? That was, yeah. Oh, I didn't even, also I didn't her... think about that. That's a really good take. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's just this really lazy storytelling. Just make a huge pinboard on the wall with, with like, you know, from thrillers or crime series and connect every dots and then just look at it once a week just to make sure there are not connections which are crossing which don't make sense. And then just also don't give us such a finale because uh, I don't know if now even like Darby Allen and Sting are helping the Dark Order in the future against the Hardy family office i don't know i don't know when the office hours are i think they have late late office hours but it's really weird also the hardy family office family office i also thought why where did they get that from also just referring back also to matt hardy he confessed in the uh, current bte episode that was him who who sent the text messages from hangman's phone to the bucks that they should basically piss off also didn't make any sense also for the for the whole storyline this I, i'm happy this just happened on bte because not everyone watches bte but this well, was also I, part I, I think it's, I like, it's safe to say uh, that bte and dynamite exist in different canons uh, uh, unless yeah. they unless they decide 
unless they specifically mention it crosses over do you know what i mean Other, yeah unless they address it on dynamite it doesn't exist in the dynamite universe so um yeah right not so much but you know the, these are the points now like the show ended very good for the show it was in general it was really not a well booked show not a well thought through show there were some quite okay matches in it like the main event was really good but uh, that was a show to forget about i would say and just say okay that was a show they needed to have that's not a fallout show from last week uh, last week was awesome this week was just like okay we're going back into the daily routine and i hope it's not the daily routine i don't think it will be because and we'll talk about this obviously in a minute but next week's card looks absolutely fucking stacked it looks like a pay-per-view card so um we'll cover that in a minute first things first we have to talk about our ratings um get the negative out of the way first my shocker of the week is i think you guys it will come as no surprise that it is matt hardy twice inserting himself into matches he has no business to be <laughs> that's how i felt every time that's actually how i react every time i see sting come out and walk I didn't, even, I didn't give that i didn't give that enough shit he literally just did the sting thing again and came out and stood on the stage <laughs> except this time it was in a match do you know what i mean um but yeah, no, uh, nothing, nothing worse than than uh, Matt Hardy's lazy insertions into storylines, and even the name uh, Hardy Family Office, just as we've said, bizarre. Um, match of the night, guys. Jack, let's come to you first. It, it's got to go to my boy Johnny Hungy. It's, it's Johnny impossible. Hungy. It's impossible not to take that match. He's really good. He's a really good wrestler. I'd um, love to see a future in like 10, 15 years' time when they're both like at the top. Um, I hope it doesn't take that long. Well, okay, maybe not that long. But, you know, when they build themselves up to make themselves, you know, tight title contenders, like world title contenders, maybe yeah. you could see a match between them two again. Yeah. Uh, Patrick? Hangman Page versus Cesar Bononi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just preparing you for next week's show, which will be... Right, first of April show. So no, my 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 match of the night is uh, Johnny Hungy. Also, definitely Johnny Hungy. I love Johnny Hungy. Really. I love Johnny Hungy man too. Is and he really good. He had my match of the night. Also, him and Darby Allen. So it's unanimous. Our match of the night is Darby Allen versus Johnny Hungy. It's time to talk about next week's card. Next week we have QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes. I'm. I don't. I don't hate it. I honestly don't. Um, I don't know why. I just think something's going to happen. Uh, it has to, doesn't it? With a special guest referee, Arn Anderson. We have the arcade anarchy match with Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian and Miro. With Hikaru Shida and Tay Conti versus the Bunny and Nyla Rose. Um, that is the Bunny with Matt Hardy and Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero. We have Christian Cage making his in-ring debut against Frankie Kazarian and advertised again as a trios match. We have Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid next week. Is you excited, guys? What yeah, that... about the most, Jack? It's tough. I feel like it would be well obvious to go for Kenny and Good Brothers, so I'm going to go for one, you know, that we've, we've slagged off this podcast, but this could be a great finale for it. The arcade anarchy for me. Is my most hyped match of that card. You love a gimmick match, don't you? I do, I do. I do, Tom. I I can't lie. I do. You like the gingers, (laughs) don't you? Little uh, little Gavin Gavin Stacey Stacey reference for our British listeners. Um, uh, Patrick won't know what just went on there. Um, (laughs) What are you looking forward to the most, Patrick? 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> also, same as Jack, the uh, arcade anarchy oh. match. Um, I'm really curious what will happen there. That's that's the thing where I'm really uh, looking forward to and and at the same time really curious about. But what I'm really happy to see is the in-ring debut of Christian Cage. So that's yeah, that's the thing. I'm um yeah most most hyped about let's say it like this the other thing i'm most looking forward to and this is what i'm most hyped about to see him in the ring again because i like christian cage not christian christian cage in tna more than in wwe so i'm oh, really curious good. to see yeah um obviously i'm excited about the trios match i am excited about the christian cage debut i have to agree with you my most excited match is the arcade anarchy match I don't want them to burn me again uh, with gimmick matches. Um, I'm hoping they don't. I'm hoping they've learned from their mistakes and they know they have to make this one a good one. Also, I am i don't know why. Something in me has snapped and I'm kind of, dare I say, excited for Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. I just think they can salvage this somehow. I do. I just... Call me crazy. Go on. Call me crazy. I don't. I, I, I can, I, no, I'm, I'm on your side, Tom. And I hope, they do, I hope they do salvage it, because I and only want been, good things. And you've, and you've been Cutie Marshall's biggest critic, so that's I know, but a lot no, from you. I'm a, it's my favourite wrestling promotion, and I just want good things for it. Me too. That brings us to almost the end of our show, but first, we have... I mean, it's what everyone tunes in for, obviously. Less important shows... And by the most, the most I mean, expensive just, part of the show. <laughs> yeah, they just tune in for the jingle and then they're gone. That's no, <laughs> no um, so earlier in the podcast, I said we would talk about this towards the end of the episode. We'd, we'd, we'd talk about this during less important shows, even though it's not technically about another show. It's about AEW. Um, AEW are running a show on WrestleMania weekend. They're running a house show on the Friday. Uh, the reason why this is notable is because... Cody, at least, that's that's what I knew it from, but some other people I've seen online are saying that Tony Khan said it too. Safe to say AEW has said before that they are never going to run shows on WrestleMania weekend. Um, and pretty much the first or second, the second time around, uh, that uh, WrestleMania's on, they are running a show on WrestleMania weekend. I suppose what I'd ask you, Patrick, is would this be a reasonable exception to that considering that WrestleMania is kind of coming to them. WrestleMania is in Florida. Um, or has Tony Khan and Cody, is that a technicality? And they really have gone back on their word. Mm, that's really good point with WrestleMania, I guess. Um, maybe they want to uh, benefit from it, also get some, some money from it, making some money because they think, ah, oh, there might be some people in it. But maybe... Um, since they they said like like Tony and uh, not Tony Khan Tony Shavoni uh, uh, said directly like really like without cameras without anything you won't see that anywhere. Yeah, maybe they're did he say it as well? So they're yeah, all yeah. saying it really. Yeah, he I, said that really. I personally, I personally remember Cody Rhodes saying it. I, uh, I and someone else I saw I don't know if it's true or not said that Tony Khan had said it at some point, but uh, Tony Shavoni as well. So yeah, no, I think. Um, or it sounds like to me that they are testing something. They yeah. might be testing. Maybe they're using I mean, this possibility to test something new out that they don't want to be on air um, with mean, audience. No, I don't yeah, know. There's no doubt that it is. It is a show. It is being put on because of WrestleMania. Because there's nothing on on the Friday, I believe. I don't know if there's something on on the Thursday, but um, 
there's you know the show's on on the saturday and the sunday so they're hoping people are going to make that i think it's something like three and a half hour drive um from tampa to jacksonville so um i guess they're still like a seven hour round trip do you know what i mean so i uh, i don't know how many fans they'll actually i mean i, I, I suspect they'll get a few to be honest but yeah i don't know how i feel about it um i kind of see both sides of, i'm not sure i care <laughs> but um yeah i i just know as an AEW fan doing an AEW podcast at some point in the future, somebody's probably going to throw this in my face. So, um, yeah, it's, it is different than them following them around the country like the Indies do, do you know what I mean? Or, or the Japanese promotions do. It's definitely different than that. At the same time, it, it explicitly is going back on their word of not running shows WrestleMania weekend. So, yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about it and I don't know how much I care about it to be honest but um yeah it's it's interesting anyway uh I I assume that there'll be no footage from this or have they not said because that's another that's another point isn't it they're not isn't they're not running a a show that people can watch from home or that they can buy pay-per-view tickets for that they can pay on fight for that they can pay on uh, world wrestling network or you know through the collective then they're not taking broadcast money for this do you know what i mean so yeah you know, i just, just i just had to look it up sorry i just had to look up so on wednesday tuesday uh, thursday is uh the nxt takeover the two-day takeover and then friday is really nothing so they're filling the spot right there yeah yeah and then wrestlemania saturday is sunday i guess yeah i suppose i suppose i suppose that's their way of yeah. kind of i don't want to say getting out of it that's probably too too harsh a term but they're saying well we're not televising it we're not we're not broadcasting it so it's not quite the same and it's not quite, you know it's i don't expect them to be following wwe around you know because that's going to give them a, a b-tier show feel but this this doesn't feel very b-tier this just feels like well we're just putting on a show because there's nothing else on that day do you know what i mean so yeah but like i said they might be also testing something so i don't want to say they are and uh, they're not not uh or they're trying to benefit from it and uh, doing something wrong with it because the restrictions in Florida are really not there. Yeah. But uh, I'm just thinking if they might have a bigger crowd than in there or testing out a bigger crowd, bigger capacity for some reason or, yeah, also making some money from it. I think that's also one point, yeah. definitely. But like I said, I think they're, they, are, they are testing something. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if they will do it in the future, like you said before, uh, because they said they're definitely not going to do it. But um, I really can't see them following WWE around. I know it's probably going to seem like moving the goalposts at this point if they say, oh, yeah, but we just meant not broadcasting and not following them around and they came to us. But there are a lot of variables that you can forgive AEW for here. Again, I don't know whether I'd consider it break. I mean, I suppose they did break their promise do you know what i mean but uh, yeah, I, but if it's also like for the sake of uh, maybe they're doing it also now because they're thinking we got so much indie talent that's not signed anywhere we can put on the show we are one of the two or three companies they, that can put up a show on that weekend so yeah. we're gonna give the people something or give like the the indie stars a little stage because uh the indie promotions are the last i don't know five to ten years benefiting hardly from uh Oh, it's great. Now. WrestleMania weekend yeah. I, I has become an event to me way beyond WWE, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah for me, I, I was on WrestleMania weekend. I was in New York oh, two right. years ago, and I didn't. I, I wasn't at a WWE show. It was just MLW and NJPW and Ring of Honor shows. That's crazy. That's yeah. a really good story. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to go to TakeOver, but 
just 250 bucks for uh, screaming once, Adam Cole, baby. It's too much for yeah. me, so... <laughs> Maybe you could tell us a bit more about that in a future episode when I've got more time. But yeah, it is interesting to come, you know, a perspective from somebody who goes to one of these things and doesn't go to a WWE show. That's, you know. Yeah, it was always my dream to go to WrestleMania. I think from most of wrestling fans, because this is the pinnacle. But yeah, yeah we, we are here on an AEW podcast for the reason. Yeah. And that's the yeah. reason I'm not going to WWE anymore, not spending that much money on the tickets. Because I also think that WrestleMania has become one of the weakest shows in the year. Not the best. Especially this year. It's the, yeah. the the card is so bad. Yeah. Like, Definitely. Did you guys see the New Japan Cup final? No, I didn't bother. No, I'm joking. Yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom messaged our um, WANK group chat on WhatsApp making us all watch it. So to answer Tom's question... You should said, fucking want to watch it. You should, you're <laughs> no, no, a wrestling no, we, podcaster. You should be watching the New Japan no, Cup final anyway. Let me, let me question that. I, I would love to dedicate all my time to watching it but i do i am a busy man and sometimes it you know i do run out of time and can't fit it all in but this one um i did manage to fit in so i, I was yeah I, I enjoyed it what a match right what a match what a match um patrick did you see it no i knew you <laughs> unfortunately uh, not but i will still see it but i watched what happened afterwards that's i tried to find at least the finish of the match but i didn't, didn't find it so I'm, I'm gonna watch it um, yeah, we have some stuff to talk about after the match. It was a fantastic match. Um, Shingo Tagagi was obviously targeting Wasprey's broken... He broke his nose in his match with Zack Sabre Jr. That match is off the fucking chain. Honestly, this this um, this finals of New Japan Cup was the second best match of the tournament. The best one was ZSJ versus Will Ospreay. Also the match my match of the year so far. Absolutely fantastic. Even though you know the result, please go back and watch it if you get the time. It's just insane. Um couple of Brits doing the doing the motherland proud. However, everyone's gonna want to talk about what happened after the match. Um and that was Will Ospreay well, first off he invited Kota Ibushi into the ring. Squared off with Kota Ibushi pointed at his title, said, I want this uh, so much, I need this, this is, I love the idea of being champion, I love it so much, I love it more than anything else, or anyone, and then turn around and hit a cutter on B Priestley, to, and they're not allowed to react in uh, Japan right now, uh, in New Japan, because, and they're very good at it, and they're not allowed to audibly react to things, because, you know, cheering or stuff, it makes, you know, it, it spreads COVID more, so, um, Honestly, the eerie silence after him wiping out uh, B was was something else. Uh, I'm, I take it both of you watched a clip of that then, or oh, well, you watched it after the show, didn't you, Jack? I, I watched it twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was some heel shit right there, wasn't it? That was honestly epic. It, I love Will Ospreay um, anyway, but it was just one of those like, and Shock. I. Yeah, and and you, know, I don't think he's going to win the title because obviously, like I predicted, Kota versus Kenny eventually would be sick. But I think I'm looking for. I, I would definitely be checking that one out because that's another that match watch. where it, it could go either way, and he could make you believe that he's going and to it, win it. And it's it's our hometown boy. We he is. We've got British, a rep, yeah. Might see a British IWGP champion, Jack. I mean, that's, has it ever happened? I don't believe so. No, no. I'm there we go. Brains. And I'm thinking of Gaijin champions, and there was. There's a guy who's nationally I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't British. There was another American guy, and there was a, there was a 
there's a black dude and a white dude who are both champions whose name I don't know. Then there's Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, obviously. There's been Jay White, Kenny Omega. None of them are British. No, none of them are British. Yeah, so There you go. Yeah. I don't think, anyway. I'll, have to, if, if, I'll issue a retraction next week if that's not the case. Patrick, shocking, isn't it, in New Japan to see this kind of thing? It's shocking, such a respectable yeah. company. Yeah, right. But I also like what B. Priestley said in the press conference afterwards. Did you like that? I thought that was a bit... I thought that was a bit of a straw man because she's saying all the no. people complaining about... him. It was one wrestler hitting another wrestler with a move and she like called out as being sexist. I hadn't seen one person complain about it being sexist. The complaints I'd seen was uh, not about it being sexist, about it being like uh, she shouldn't be there. I didn't see anyone saying that, so that's why it felt like a bit of a straw man to me. The things I saw was people saying it just didn't fit the New Japan feel. It felt like a WWE move. You know, Randy Orton, RKM and Steph or whatever. Um, not that B. Priestley didn't belong there. So that kind of felt like a bit of a straw man to me. But you liked it, did you? What she yeah, said. Yeah, because I, I felt it was work <laughs> from her. Like, completely to yeah. build up the character. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting at some point that, like, stardom will be integrated into a New Japan, like in a bigger show, that women's matches will be integrated. Well, I mean... So th this is they, what, what I think they, they might... I, I think they might be out for and letting, uh, especially like somebody like B. Priestley, who is a tough uh, D.O.B., <laughs> daughter of a bitch, um, <laughs> <laughs> and make her even look tougher because she had her like glasses or sunglasses still on and talking about it just like in a real tough voice. I, I, I think more it was work. It was not real. Was was that a was that a um, was that a press conference from Stardom? Do you think? Because it didn't look like a new uh, press conference to me. I, yeah, that, that's what I was also not really sure about. Yeah, which which one it was. Because she was, she as well, she started it saying, I want to address what happened at the New Japan Cup. So if it was a press conference about the New Japan Cup, I don't think she would have led with that. So I do think it was maybe a Stardom press conference. Anyway, um, yeah, they actually had a match against each other at the COVID relief. Uh, yeah, in in match. their own uh, like their own show, they put yeah. that show together and had it yeah. in the main event, and it was a really good match. Really good match, yeah, fantastic match. One of the matches yeah. of the year last year, I'd say. Um, yeah, really good. It's uh, also not not the first time that somebody like in the wrestling scene kicks the shit out of his girlfriend, but it looked good. Yeah. So, well, it's it's show is first time I've ever seen that in New Japan. It is not a very New Japan thing to do at all, and that's where I think some of the complaints from New Japan purists have come from. Um, I just say roll with it. I mean, it's 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 heel work. Do you know what I mean? I think New Japan's very much a sports-based presentation, so they're not used to this stuff so much. So you know, as long as they don't overkill with it, I think you know it's 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 all right to do a bit of shock value every so often. I mean, I don't see that much difference in doing this than a heel turn that involves evil turning on Naito. Do you know what I mean? After just always seems to be New Japan Cup. New Japan Cup yeah. is, is bringing um, a slew of betrayals. I'm just interested to see what they do with it because I don't know if anyone saw. Will Ospreay talking after the match. He had. Um, he, went he went to the to, pub with the boys. Went, well, yeah, exactly. They went to have the beers like they do after the match, and he had uh, he had Jeff Cobb and um, Great Okan either side of him, and he said, and uh, and the single life. He mentioned the single life, and I was like, are they just are they kayfabe splitting up now? Because that's something. Do you know what I mean? If they actually play it that far, and if she, but maybe she's got more commitments in stardom now, and. Because I have been watching a few Stardom shows, I haven't really seen B. Priestley recently, so maybe if she's going to, you know, go back and do more work there, then she won't be coming out with the Empire anymore. It's a good way, United Empire, so it's a good way to write her off. We shall see. All I know, I'm very excited about Sakura Genesis, and how about you guys? Of course, it's going to be a good watch. Hi. <laughs> so, that brings us to the end of our show. Quite, quite like that one. That was a nice one. It kind of it was... felt... 
very good. I, I for 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 a dynamite that wasn't the best. If it, it was a good show from us, so top it top work, boys. Yeah, it was. I mean, we, we made the best out of it. <laughs> wouldn't take much to top last week where we did it. Just by the end, we were just. You had a lot of editing work on your hands, didn't you, Jack? I did, but I managed <laughs> to get it done, and the 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 viewing figures are showing how the good it was. <laughs> now nah, it, it, it was a good show last week. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting drunk with you boys. Um, I didn't order the takeaway this week, so I reckon I could have, you know, hung with you lads. So next time we need a, we need another drinking episode. Um, maybe maybe we should do it for our uh, pay per view reviews. Actually, no, because they need to be the best. Is 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 Jackie hungry? Jackie hungry. Yeah, <laughs> Jackie drunky. <laughs> Jackie drunky. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> but no, yeah. good good show, boys. And it's been lovely catching up with you boys again. I, I look, always look forward to this Thursday night review. Still haven't figured out a way to sign off. So should we should we just say it's good night from me and uh and, and then one of you guys say it's good night from me. It's good night from me.